Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse episode 286. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, happy new year. And heavily medicated, Connor is here. I'd say reasonably medicated, but medicated nonetheless. I mean, you warned us you may have to run to the bathroom at any point during the show today, so I mean... Could happen. It's not going to stop me cracking open a bottle of whiskey at some point during if, the show. If Connor took this job seriously, he'd be wearing a diaper right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just letting them know, because I love the idea that if they're watching the video version and they see you leave, they know. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you would have reveled in just telling them anyway. Yeah, but now there's a suspense. Now they're waiting for it to happen. Like there you were like, watch Connor shooting himself right now. <laughs> Do you know I will say, because I might end up wandering off during one of the books that I'm not covering anyway. Yeah. Because I tend to do that, like, go get a drink or because of the time we record and the time Paige gets up but, to work, but, uh, I'll go and say goodnight to her. That does not necessarily mean I'm running off to the toilet during those moments. <laughs> aye. He goes off, there's a bit of croquet during the books he's not reading sometimes. No. You mean old Johnny One Arms playing croquet? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not right now. I mean, yeah. <laughs> with the my one arm. whiskey up early, and I thought, uh, <laughs> well, you should should not be drinking whiskey with new medication, Connor. What's up? This is a DC a, Comics podcast. That's how we check. You're not a doctor. <laughs> We get together, we talk about DC Comics that we've read this week. It is the final week of books of 2021. Although, worth mentioning, we are recording this on New Year's Day, so it is actually 2022 now. Uh, and you'll obviously be 2022 by the time you get the episode as well. So, Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, but this is the final week of books from the calendar year of 2021. And coming up on today's show, we'll be discussing Action Comics 1038. Detective Comics 1046, The Flash 777, Robin Issue 9, Task Force Z Issue 3, Deathstroke Inc. Issue 4, DC vs. Vampires Issue 3, Swamp Thing Green Hell Issue 1, The Human Target Issue 3, and Connor is going to make his way through Harley Quinn Issue 10. So, that's what's coming up on the show today. Uh, So... Yes, uh, I mean, we were all just talking about it before we started, but I mean, about how I slept through... uh, Midnight. Mm-hmm. Matt you did. stayed up but then regretted it. <laughs> yep. Uh, I passed out about half eleven. So it was unusual for me. Yes. But basically, despite the fact that we're all in our early to mid thirties. Actually, no, Connor's not. Yeah. Hey, yeah Connor's not. <laughs> Connor has the least amount of excuse. Uh, Connor's like. I actually, was on 70 minutes of sleep. Connor is like somehow the oldest man amongst us, despite the fact that he is the youngest. <laughs> Screw you all. Yeah. Uh, should get a little cap to go with these these constant whiskey drinks. I, 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 I do love what I saw yesterday. I think I was at the gym and Connor is talking about how he's gonna do a best of year thread and then <laughs> proceeded to to wipe himself out after one because he can't Turns type out, properly. Yeah. Typing with one arm gets really tiring. <laughs> when I was typing I didn't realize I was going to type quite that much. And at some point, I was like, I could like position the arm to type as well, and that that was a bad idea. That just that just hurt. So and this uh, just shows you how I think. I don't really type on my computer too much. I do everything via phone. So I was like, wow, it must really be bad. I mean, if I'd done it by phone, it would have been easier to type, but yeah, right? it would have taken me 
long because time I just find. Ta- yeah, ta- type it on the phone's annoying. Like, and, and I was putting images in the thread, so I was like, co- oh, just like dear. copy and pasting. Whereas if I was doing that, if I'd have to go and find the images, search for them, then switch back right, to the right, app, right. as opposed to just copying from another tab. I just thought it was funny that he's like, yeah, I'm gonna do a couple of year end threads. He's like, I overestimated, and I'm doing one. Yeah, I'll I'll do the second one soon. Maybe by the time people have listened to this, there'll be a second one. Yeah, that's one of those weird things. I feel like people who don't use computers much and just use phones and tablets yep. uh, don't like they just have to do everything that way. That they do, they probably don't get that for people who do actually use computers to do any proper work at any time is that having to use a like having to go and get images and then type on a phone yeah. it just feels like such a chore when you're used to doing it on a computer where it's, where it's much easier. There's more tools. There's more ways to make it life simpler. So, yes. Basically, I'm ranting about people who uh, only use phones and tablets. If you want to only use a tablet or a phone, go ahead. But I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I'm not doing that either. I, I need a computer in my life. <laughs> like people, like that's it. Like people think, oh, you know, I've only got one hand. Use a phone; it'll be easier. I'm so just used to typing on a keyboard, like an actual keyboard, that it still feels slower to use my phone. Because yeah. I don't do it enough, even though I, you know, I use it. You could just amount. use words that only use the right hand of the keyboard. Do you know what pisses me off the most? The thing that annoys me the most is when I want to do like a capital, and I'm holding down shift and I'm stretching, <laughs> and it's one letter too far out of my range from the left shift, and I'm like, God damn it! I've got to use from the right shift, and I'm like, God damn it! I've got to use the other shift. And I've got to move my whole hand over, and I'm like, Nah, it's just awkward. So what you're saying is, is the letter H right now is is your worst enemy. No, no, H is fine. It's because I can put my hand on the on the right on, on the right shift, little finger on the right shift, and I can reach as far as like C, D, and R. It's when I want to do a capital like E, where I'm like, oh, it's one, it's one little bit further than I can reach comfortably, and I have to readjust my hand over to the over to the left shift. I'm just saying, if H is his enemy, is he Vince McMahon? Uh, Straight out of my head. Sorry, Matt. That's okay. Uh, Pete, that was for Pete. Pete got the laugh. Yeah, it was all right. It wasn't a great joke. It was an all right joke. No, but you know, just if you, if you know what's what's going on there over in that other company, it seems like someone's having their legacy erased uh, of the past maybe eight years. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah, married the boss's daughter for nothing. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I, can't, I can't wait I have for Sean so back as all the whatever the. Hell, this is. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, pa- Paul Levesque is all elite. It is going to happen? Uh, I don't think that'd be funny, but I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, you've been watching uh, Ted Lasso, man, haven't you? Yes, um, I have. I uh, I have two episodes of the first season left. I'm, I'm trying to parse them out mm, so I can have at least, yeah, have some positivity uh, throughout the week. You what know, you could do is watch it all tonight or today, and then you've got like one really strong dose of positivity to start the year off. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll be good. But I just, uh, I got to the dart episode. Um, yeah. The karaoke, if you will. And uh, yeah, it's it's so, so good. It was not oversold. It's one of those rare things that was not oversold. It's it's that and Breaking Bad thus far are the two <laughs> things that have, that have, you know, lived up to the unreasonably high expectations. I, I actually agree, because I started watching kind of early in just after season two came back and people were mm-hmm. talking about it again and i was reminded of just how much they were talking about it during season one i was like surely this is overhyped but i'm gonna yep. try and it's it's somehow not overhyped despite the insanely high you know praise that people give it 
yeah. it's still not oversold. No. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd also add Squid Game out of that. So, I mean, uh, that's that's the next task is getting Matt to watch Squid Game. No. But you know my stubbornness. Uh, so, so, so <laughs> I've got more chance bit. of getting him to watch Arcane. What's Arcane? Uh, it's nine, a, nine episode animated fantasy show. Yeah, based on League of Legends or some shit, Matt. You, so, you're not, you're not it doesn't matter at all if it's based on League of Legends. What's the animation look like? Uh, it is the best animation I've seen since Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, and and yeah, that is nice. not a unique opinion to me. That is yeah. across the board the animation they spent oh, it's this on? ungodly uh, Netflix they spent okay. ungodly amounts of money on that animation like it's all just gorgeous yeah, it's I mean, gorgeous or you could not be a loser and watch Squid Game I mean that's just you know, that's just straight up yeah, but he, has to, he has to read subtitles for that so I feel like I've got more chance here's the thing Pete as, as a sports fan you go through uh, phases where that's all you expect is losing. So I've been a loser for a very long time. Well, as a, sport, yes, but as a sports fan, Squid yeah. Game has competitions in it with winners and losers well, what, what I'm saying is at high stakes. I'm a loser when, when it took the Rams three years to win one game. It's not going to phase me. Matt, don't talk know? to me about baseball. We're here to talk about Squid Game, <laughs> okay? Is that an actual joke? That was or, a joke, or... yes. I, I, okay. I know it's American football, okay? I've, I've heard you speak also, enough. When you say three years to win a game, I hope you mean like a specific game against like a specific <laughs> team, not just any game. Oh, no, no, no. It took them... They they were winless for quite some time. It might not have been three years. It felt like three years. It was at least one season. So An entire was, season was... without a single win? Yes. Oh, God. Like, I'm so glad you guys don't have demotion. Like, like the oh man, that, then they still probably would have been beaten by a lower league team. They were real bad. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, it was a, it was very much like in, in Ted Lasso, where they hadn't beat Everton in sixty years. <laughs> so you know that's that is quite some some span. Like when you think like here with our sports leagues, like the NHL for, for just, was only around you know a hundred years ago, but it was like a couple teams. Your guys' uh, football teams go way, way back, like to the founding of, of, Some of them the do, sport. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Just in terms of just like, like random records, this this past week, uh, Liverpool lost their first game in 34 games. They were on a club record of being unbeaten for, for 34 games, and then they Liverpool, lost. That's, that, that's the team that uh, Tom Taylor likes, right? I believe so, yeah. And okay. Gary, Gary Frank as well, I think, is a Liverpool fan. Yeah, yep, that's them. But they lost to Leicester, and Leicester were using mostly not their first team because most of their first team were out to COVID. Leicester had played like three days before. Liverpool yeah. hadn't. They were more rested because one of their games before had been delayed because of COVID. So uh, now they're like, it, it, it was a whole thing where it was like, yeah. they, were, they were expected to just, you know, cakewalk the game, and then, and then they lost. I mean, I wow. guess I appreciate you tried to tie it back into comics by bringing up DC Notable creators. Well, the, the only reason I know that is just I remember when Liverpool won and Tom Taylor was apoplectic. Like, he was very excited. Um, so, that's all. Hmm. Well. You know what it's time for, Matt? No. More sports talk? <laughs> Not this shit. No, no, it's too early in the year. It's time for Comixology Top 10. <laughs> Why'd you become this is, this is why I have the list ready. <laughs> oh dear. All right. So, uh, looking at Comicsology top sales at the time of recording, uh, Saturday, uh, per normal per normal time this week. Um, do we have any guesses as to what number one is? Uh, 
Is it an X Men book? Nope. Is it is it Spider-Man. Detective Comics? Yeah, Spider Man, fair enough. Damn it. The only reason I didn't guess Detective is because it doesn't have Batman in the name, so it sells less. Mm, yes, Spider Man. Yeah, I know, but on this week, I mean, I don't. You know, just thought it was worth a shot. Mm. Yes, uh. It's. Spider-Man is a Spider-Man issue 83 is the uh, mm-hmm. the issue in question. Uh, number two is Devil's Reign issue two, and I was like, what the hell is this? But then I noticed there was Spider-Man on the cover, so it's a Marvel event. <laughs> that's quite yeah, funny, because that's the Daredevil event. The oh, one that, yeah. I don't know if it was last week or last, whenever the, the last first issue of this was out, where I was, was like, I'm sure this will be fairly high on the list. That was the one I kept guessing, and it was like seven or eight or something stupid. Yeah. It was really low down. Well, you know, twos, twos tend to, because of the, no one knows what to expect, right? So, Twos end up having quite the balance when it comes to stuff like this. So, mm. um, yeah, that's I wonder as well if it's just it's against less competition this week compared to whatever week it came out on last time. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe. Uh, number three is Detective Comics one thousand forty six. So as as in there, a reasonable place, not too bad. Uh, and then number four is Action Comics one thousand thirty eight, just right behind us. So I ain't too shabby. Uh, number oh. five is Timeless Issue One, which is a Marvel book. I don't really know. Oh, that's else. that big like end of year like here's what's coming in the next year sort of 80 page ah, um, i see they did one uh, they've done one every year i think for the last yeah, year Vill- so. villain du jour kang is on the cover ah yeah there's kang yes it uh, had big miracle man news i believe was kind of tucked into it i don't think i know who miracle man is to be honest oh that's that famous it was it alan moore alan moore did it okay. um, yeah. neil gaiman did a big run and oh, it's a weird kid, thing kid with- miracle man yeah, Marvel acquired yeah. the rights to the character a while a little while back, and I think they've slowly been reprinting some well, stuff. Because he was known everywhere else as Marvel Man, and then because of Marvel, um, they had to change it to Miracle Man. And uh, he was kind of a Shazam-esque, where you'd have to say his name to, to get the power. So um, it's a really and- weird thing where I don't know if there's something legal in the way they've acquired it, or if it's a, a weird choice on Marvel's part, but they yeah. refuse to acknowledge Alan Moore as being... I don't know if he was the creator of the character, but clearly the most prominent person who's ever right. worked on it and has pretty healthy run. And I know they've just announced like a reprinting of like this omnibus collecting most of the stuff, if not all, including the Alan Moore stuff, but it lists all the creators. It, it gives you like a whole bunch and it says, and others, but it doesn't say Alan well, Moore's name because they, you know, again, you they just refuse to. If you believe words are magic, then you don't want to say the words of, of a dark sorcerer, right? Like the, the whole plot of Harry Potter is about this. Uh, he who must not be named. So, is is he now the beard who must not be named? I think that's that's how Marvel are definitely treating him. Um, yeah. Again, I don't know if there's like a legal requirement that they're not allowed to say that, but mm-hmm. I think they reprinted some some of his stuff and just didn't acknowledge it that, before. Like they, they did, them, they took his name off it or something. Them becoming Marvel Comics really kind of messed up a lot of heroes, just in the naming, right? Yeah. Because you did Captain Marvel branding as Shazam because of the Captain Marvel Cree character, uh, and then you know Carol and all that type of stuff, and you know she went by Miss Marvel for whatever reason for a while before she became Captain again. So, yeah, man, just, just you know Miracle Man, cool though. Like, yeah, number six. Yeah, I mean. That, that. <laughs> You, you two are on a bit of a tirade there. I, I just I saw it's it just interesting stuff for wider comics news, yeah. as opposed to you know DC specific. 
Uh, number six is Once in Future issue 23. I'm sure Connor's. Ooh. I'm actually very glad oh. to see that doing so well. Yeah, but I didn't realize it was. Do, do we know what this next chapter is? Because after Beowulf. Uh, I have all the really... issues. I haven't started reading them yet. Gotcha. Uh, they're sitting on the pile. I'll probably read them in the next couple of days. Well, when you find uh, out, let me know. I know, they, know. they did. Okay. I know what I think it might be about because they introduced some stuff at the end, but it's more okay. spoilery that I don't want to say. All right, don't say it then. Number seven is Robin, issue nine. Yeah, buddy. Number eight is Justice League, issue 70. Nobody. Number nine is Human Target, issue three. Uh, and number ten is The Flash, 777. So actually a lot of DC in the, the top Pretty? ten, especially in that bottom yeah. half of it. Something Pretty? not showing up, which I guess is a symptom of it being the big oversized, overpriced book. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, admittedly, it's not on the the, the, the first page. Uh, not too long after the top ten, you get Superman seventy eight, you get DC versus Vampires Task Force Z, uh, but you do start after that getting the uh, those really dirt cheap uh, Marvel Masterwork books that are on sale right now. So that's the thing. It's understandable. Up, they are dirt I, cheap. I, I picked up a couple myself because I've got a, I've got a good uh, Uncanny X Men Amazing Spider Man Masterwork collection on Comicsology going now. So the I got... only reason I didn't is because I have Marvel Unlimited, and I'm like, I can just pick up non Marvel stuff in the sales mm-hmm. instead and read those if I really want yeah. to. Oh sure, I, I get it. I already had a collection going though, and mm. the the quality, the resolution is a bit higher on comics, so there is like a bit of a perk to it. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, that that said, with Swamp Thing Green Hell, I did see plenty of people talking about how they want to trade weight this mm. just because of of Lemire. I get and it. The price. I think a lot of these black label prestige three issue or four mm-hmm. issue whatever this one is, you know, they kind of vary. I think most of them will sell really well in the book yeah. market for years to come. Yep. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. Uh. So that's pretty much it. It's on page three for the record, so it is actually quite... But, I mean, page two is all Masterworks and other trades that are on sale, so wow. it's hard to judge, like... That is hefty. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of those... All those volume ones of the Masterworks are all a dollar, and then all the like, rest of the volumes are all two dollars. Unless it, unless the newest volume came out in the last, like, six months, in which case it's not on sale, everything else is, like, dirt cheap. And there's so. a lot of other end-of-year sales on as well from other yeah. companies. Uh, that one seems to be doing the best, though, just based on where they're popping up in the charts. That makes sense, because they're all... It's Marvel, right? Yeah, it's, it's Marvel, and they're good collections. You know, they're nice, comprehensive yeah. and stuff. Uh, uh, I I bought the the newest Uncanny X Men one because the only one I didn't have, and I bought the next two Spider Man ones that I didn't have, which were like thirteen and fourteen. They're up to like twenty two, but I, I don't need. They go on sale every so often, Damn. so I don't need. To, you know, splurge. Yeah. yeah. What's that, Matt? No, I just said damn. That's uh, a lot of masterworks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down up to twenty two. Yeah, they're up to like. I don't know, somewhere in the mid two hundreds for Amazing Spider Man, like in the issue count. So they're they're getting quite up there into the you know, like the eighties the yeah. and stuff, which is kinda neat. Uh yeah. Uh before we go, I thought it would be fun. God. <laughs> to, Whenever to, you think something's fun, it's usually it not. usually never is. But <laughs> well, sure. it's usually a chore for us to. Well, I mean, I may have an extra wee top ten to look at. Of the They're year. Not the top ten of the year. It's top ten of the year, but it's not sales. It's not a sales top ten. Okay. Right. Uh, so I don't know if you're familiar with comicbookroundup.com. Uh, no. But it's oh, is this their top one hundred list? Uh, not top one hundred, but it's basically Metacritic for comic books, right? Oh. Um, now, admittedly, there's not as many people making comic book reviews, so you know, there's not as big a number to pull from for the average. But what I thought right. would be interesting to look at here, just since we're at the start of or end of a year, start of a year, you know, obviously the episode's out the new year, but 
this the last year week of the books but um is you can actually filter and just get like the top 10 dc books of the year based on average scores for all their issues that came out this year okay so i thought it would be an interesting little thing to look you want at to guess some of them why not why not guess okay so nightwing 79 slash 87 either well, of those two issues because those are the, the, oh, the, no, no, the no, one no. issue in the first you're, you're issue. not guessing specific issues here it's so it's, oh, it's just titles yeah so it's like basically uh, so in case of nightwing it's like all the issues that came out this year uh oh, oh okay so and, it's, it's not as specific as that you'd have to guess issues <laughs> oh, okay i think I, went, I, thought, I don't know how this site works clearly yeah <laughs> that's how you know connor's not cheating <laughs> so i assumed it was issues but basically just the, just the sales list what do you think is number one what do you think is the, the highest average reviewed i think it might series? be nightwing still I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with swamp thing it is neither of those books Ooh, is it a batman Sh- book This is based oh, on reviews, so this is not based on sales figures. This is no, I know. Right, 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 right. So, but I'm just trying to think of the more critical darling type stuff. It's ah, it's Strange Adventures. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> is it something that's had more than like two issues? This isn't like just like had like one or two yeah, issues no, that has. were really good at the start that hasn't pulled down its average yet. No, it's got more issues than that. Okay. I can't tell the newer stuff. Is it a black label? Uh, is it black label? See, that's why I was still asking if it was yeah. a bat book. So I was like, that's still most of the black label books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that only narrows it down very, very little. <laughs> let, let, let's go the imposter. Nope. Damn. So this is book. not fun, Pete. You are a liar. <laughs> I'm having fun. I'm having a great time. I told you this wouldn't be fun. It would be a chore for us. <laughs> what was the other black label bat book, Connor? You said it's not a bat book. I'm assuming that includes it's not a bat black label book. Yeah, it's not a bat book. Oh, then what's the what's the other black label book? <laughs> there's only, there's, there's what's the other black label book? What's that one other one? <laughs> I'm trying to think of ones that have more than one issue because I'm like, all right, yeah. there's the Swamp Thing one from yeah. this week. Obviously, there's Wonder Woman Historia, but that's you, also you, a right you one. may kick yourself when I tell oh, I'm you. I'm sure what's... we will, but <laughs> was this recent? Well, sure, yeah. I, I mean, in the context of like in the last few months. Uh, yeah, it's not like it ended back in like March, and you've not you know, it's been out of your head since. Okay. <laughs> I got nothing. Number one, based on the averages, is the nice house in the lake. Oh, son of a bitch! <laughs> uh... Which has an average of nine point three over sixty-seven Fair. reviews over the six issues that it's had. Fair. So, 9.3, if I remember my scores. Good. Uh, throughout the year, that's about right. <laughs> that's about right. What's the other black label book? Makes us in the licks another black label. Do you know what? Book. Do you know what I think throws us off about that one? Is it that, doesn't. That's it a vertigo like book. A DC book. It's a vertigo book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that you know, even all the black label stuff is mostly DC characters. That's yeah. like the, the major exception. Yeah. Like Nice House would have worked at any place, so it's cool that Tynan used his you know creative. To, to do something different on the black label you know because that could have been an image book or uh, what's the other publisher he put set was it boom just the one <laughs> yeah well no yeah where's yeah, he publishes with boom. i think he publishes with i do w as well yeah so it could, it could have gone to those but he, he gave it to dc which was cool uh huh. gives them a little bit of prestige as we can see 
Yeah, doing well. All right, what'd you that would have been interesting if Peter had some some real effort and put in. He could have, he could have gone through and gotten the averages uh, that we gave some of these books. No, I'd have to have, a, a, keep, I'd have to keep a track of our scores all year. Admittedly, if you're saying you want me to do that for 2022, now's the time to... Uh... What, what I'm saying is you could have done, is you could have gone through the videos. You, 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 you've, <laughs> seen the, you've seen this list in advance. You could have gone, right, Nice House on the Lake. You could have gone back. They're timestamped. You could have gone to the timestamp of Nice House on the Lake, found the scores that we gave you. This is a lot of work. Out. Connor, to be fair, that is a lot of work. That is a it lot is, of work. It is, but he said it was fun. And if he wants us to do something, <laughs> he needs to do true, something. Yeah. True. This is That's... like when I, I complain about something, and then you know my wife's like, "Yeah, but you said this was gonna be fun." Yeah. And it's like, no, moving yeah. boxes if, is not fun. If we're doing work, we we should get some fun out of it as well. Uh, like I may keep I may keep track of the scores for the comics in twenty twenty two, so that I can give you some stats so at the end of the year. When we first okay. started, I did. I kept a record of all of mine. And then one day I forgot and I never did it again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have a record of every comic I read. With, yes. With all of them scored. So. No, but I, 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 okay, I will genuinely make an attempt to keep track of all three of our scores for everything. So the, weeks this lasts. So at the end of the year, I can give you some hot stats. Uh, what okay. did we collect? So when it gets to our annual episode and we go, this was the best book this year, you go, well, actually, the average <laughs> says otherwise. The, the math says otherwise. <laughs> you can do a top ten. So obviously we do our, our usual debate top 10, mm -hmm. but you can do a top 10 based off just the raw stats. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, with all that said, though, what do you think number two on this list is? Nightwing. It is Nightwing. Uh, 8.9 average uh, based on 192 reviews of the 10 issues that have been Because tallied. it's a critical darling. Yeah, well, there's that, and, and you would feel like the four more books, the Nice House, right? Nice House only had six. Well, that's just more issues to drag down its average, if anything. That, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. you know. Well, uh, what'd you get number three is? Nightwing Swamp again. Thing. It was just that good. <laughs> oh, Swamp Thing. It yeah, Swamp Thing. And what's go. interesting about Swamp Thing is that it's also 8.9 average. It's also 10 reviews, but it's 111 reviews versus 192, which I guess is why Nightwing just automatically ranks higher because it's, it's kept that average more. up over more opinions. So. That seems uh, fair. Yeah, that, that logic tracks. Um, I thought you're going to guess number four. Is it bat related? No. Ooh. It's not something that we really have read outside of maybe like the first issue. Oh. I mean, that narrows it down a fair amount because between us, we still tend to read most things. But... Mm -hmm. Is it one of the side ones like? Batman 89 or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's a side book. Yeah, it's not one of the main line stuff. Um, I don't know which one of those is reviewing super well, to be honest. I, I, mean, yeah. I didn't either until I, I looked at this list and went, oh. The, the, the Justice League one, maybe? No. Nope. Uh, Unlimited, Infinite, whatever that one's called. No, number four is Superman Red and Blue. Oh. That is very good, to be mm -hmm. fair. I've read Thanks. quite a lot of it, and yeah. it, it has some phenomenal stories in it. Yeah, yeah. so also... That makes sense. 8.9 average, this is based on 6 issues and 62 reviews. So you can tell that it's not getting reviewed as much as some of the other books, but yeah. it's, uh, yeah. And that's fair, because each issue's anthologies, they tend to have, you know, 3 mm -hmm. to 5 stories in them. Yeah. Uh, number 5, uh, I'll just make it easy for you, it's very similar to the last one. Batman Black and White, did that uh, publish this year? It is, yeah. 5 issues, 40 reviews, average at 8.7, so we're fairly down from that 8.9 average. Did you did you ever go back and read that Gillen story, Connor? 
Yeah, it's fantastic. Gotcha. Of course it did. Uh, okay, what do you think number six is? We're back to something... So it's not Wonder Woman Black and Gold? No, it's not, black, it's not Wonder Woman Black and Gold, no. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Action Comics. Nope. Damn. It is an ongoing book. Is it Batman? Nope. <laughs> There's a lot of ongoing, but we don't we, want to we still, we, 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 we do review this one. We all read this. Okay. Still a lot of books. An ongoing that we all read. Is it a bat book? I, I guess, yes, technically it's a bat book, yes. It's a bat family book. Yes, bat family book. Catwoman? Hmm. Robin? There's Robin. Robin is number really? six. Yeah, with eight points. I wasn't taking average. that bait. That's why I took it. I was like, no. <laughs> I, 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 I was going to say just, Robin. Well, Matt's not going to say it, so I'm going to yeah. have to throw it out there. No, no. Uh, nine issues, uh, counting here, 128 reviews, 8.6 average. So, not bad. Uh, number seven is not an ongoing, but it is something that we did all of the issues of. Strange Adventures? Nope. This one's surprising, actually, to be honest. It's surprising. Yeah, not, not that it, like I thought it was bad, but just that, that it is over something like Strange Adventures. Did, uh, I, so I tell you, we all enjoyed it, but didn't like love it. and, and that is all crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a mini that we all thought was okay. <laughs> uh, Infinite Frontier? Too much comics. It's, it has infin- Infinite Frontier. Ah. 8.6 average again, 7 issues, 110 reviews. I, I suspect there's some event hype bias going on in those reviews. Mm, very possibly, yeah. Can't discount that. Uh, okay, number eight. Something that you should be able to get. Is this one Strange Adventures? Nope. <laughs> Is this one Batman? Nope. Damn. You're going to give us anything else to go off of them? It's we should not be able Justice to get... League. It has been guessed at least once already. Action Comics? No. Detective Comics. <laughs> <laughs> no. Catwoman. Catwoman is number eight. There we go. 8.5 average, 141 reviews based on 10 issues. There you go. Why? Oh, I was going to say why on 10 issues because of Future State. Future State. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Nothing at 12. Uh, well, maybe one of the ones that double ship for a while, but I'll on that. Yeah. Uh, uh, number nine. A uh, bit more recent, but still ongoing book that we're all doing. We're all doing. Did it only start Seven. recently, or it had a new creative team recently? Started relatively recently. Superman Son of Kal-El. It is Superman Son of Kal-El. Good Eight job, po- Connor. 8.5 average, 75 reviews based on five I just issues. want to make clear, I'm still not looking at this. Mm-hmm. I haven't got this up. And then number 10, final one. Batman. Not Batman. <laughs> Is it Strange Adventures? It's not Strange Adventures, believe it or not. So somehow, apparently, the the Tom King prestige issues aren't reviewing as well. I, I guess there are more people like me than I realized in in the review space. I, either as that, just people I, shouting on Twitter. Either that, or they're not mainstream enough that a lot of sites just aren't reviewing them, so they just don't have the right. review numbers to get onto this top ten. So that's possible. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, number ten. Come on. It's been guessed. Few times though, but I think quite a few things have action comics. Action comics is number 10. There we go, 8.4 average with 130 review- reviews based on 10 issues. So, no Batman, no tech, but Superman, Son of Kello, and action comics in the top 10 reviewed 
Yeah, so you're happy, basically. And, and, and Robert <laughs> there? Ooh, boy. Yes. Like, two of my favorite comics right now, so... It's interesting. And just, well, obviously, I want to make you guess for this, but just to see, like, sort of where they slot into, like, the overall. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so, Nice House in the Lake was not the number one. That is the third book overall on just general. Um, mm-hmm. The ones that the beat top it... top two both Marvel books. Uh, neither were Marvel. No, it's going to be something. Yeah. Number one was The Many Deaths of Layla Star. Layla Star. Which oh, is, that's so good. Which is yep, I was going to guess. I've, I've actually heard of this. What is this? So it's a Ram V five-issue mini. Oh, okay. Yep. I have all five issues, and I have yet it's to read one yet. Goddamn so. fantastic. I, yeah. Yeah, definitely recommend it. Uh, that's got a 9.8 average, so that's... A, it it is phenomenal. Reviewing right? very well. Yeah, read it, please, uh, all of you. Everyone listening, go and read it. I think, uh, I think one of those issues was the highest-reviewed... Uh, book of the year because I saw him tweet something out about that, like how honored he was uh, for that. I get so, it. That's a great issue, I think it was. Yep. Uh, and then the second one is the Good Asian from Image, uh, which also is also fantastic. Average yeah. of nine point five. So, uh, so that's cool. Uh, and then so the second one was Nightwing that came in at number seven overall. Uh, I'll just list these. Okay. I don't want to obviously don't want to draw this out too long, but uh, the books that came after Nice House and the Lake were Straw. Oh, sorry, Stray Dogs. Scouts Honor, Beta Ray Bill. So Beta Ray Bill's the top Marvel book for the year. I, I think, uh, yeah, you, you guys both know. I, I, I really enjoyed that book. Uh, Dan uh, Warren Johnson, um, yep. writing an art, as he tends to do. And, and as so we know, Pete, Pete doesn't care for Beta Ray Bill. So. Yeah, but it's five yeah. issue mini and he has Marvel Unlimited now. They don't know that yet. That episode's not been put out yet, Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was doing so good he and like... not referencing a thing. Not a thing. Also, I guess it's clear we've already recorded that. Yes. I don't know if that was if that had yeah. been mentioned or not. I don't know. I mean, it's not really a secret. We already recorded really the angle episode. This, this, this list would have been more interesting in that episode. Well, a bit of a secret. It was planned for that episode and I forgot to do it. So it got, <laughs> <laughs> it got put in this one instead. Oh, man. Shambles. <laughs> uh, so yeah, anyway, came in at number seven overall. Swamp Thing, which was next, was right after that eight. Um, and yeah, so DC comes up. Uh... uh Black Widow from uh, Kelly Thompson's at number 12 overall. So that's actually like the second highest Marvel book for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. There you go. Um, that'll do it. Yeah. That'll do it. Um, I mean, uh, it, just because I'm curious, DC's number one book for 2020 was... Oh God, I'm, I'm glad I didn't do this last year. You two would have been rubbing this in. Well, what do you think it was? What do you think it was for twenty twenty? What did we love that he hated? That that you two would be gleeful about, and I just wouldn't give a shit about. Was not. No. Oh, 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 the Hawkman's number two. Jesus Christ! (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Justice League Dark. No. Wow. Has to be something magic uh, mythology. I'm I'm trying to remember what books finished, Um, because I'm assuming it didn't publish this year. Yes, they published this year now. It's too long ago. Oh, number three, Suicide Squad by Taylor. So, I mean, yeah. And Stranger Adventures did review well. That was number six on the 2020 list. So, you know, it's good stuff. uh, Sorry? That dropped off pretty hard on the reviews this year, then. Uh, But yeah, number one was Jimmy Olsen. Ah. So, number one and two were very pro Matt and Connor. I do wonder if part of that is the people who stuck with those books in particular, especially the Jimmy Olsen one. Mm-hmm. They're the people who loved it. Yeah. 
Like you either really like that book and you review it highly, right. or you just don't give a shit and you just stop after the first issue. Yeah, I mean, that's, but there's something to be said for that. Like with the ongoings, like you'll keep coming back to Batman and try it. So if you're not loving it, you're just going to you'll, you'll be sort of dragging the number down. The, like, but, how many reviews was that out based on that, Jimmy Olsen? Jimmy Olsen. Uh, so it was five issues in 2020, 42 reviews. So yeah, not a lot. That's significantly lower than a lot of the ones that we were, you know, which were in the hundreds. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I do wonder if that's something to do with it. But also, oh. it's a damn good top three last year. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I'm just, and it came out number three the year before that as well. So they, they did well over the two years. Uh, I'll just tell you the number ones because this goes back a few years. So number one for 2019 was the fat man who laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> yeah, didn't love that one as much, did you? <laughs> uh, number one for 2018 was Mr. Miracle. Eh, not that surprising. Okay. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, that was also number one for 2017, so clearly it did well over its two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2016 number one was Wonder Woman. Uh, so yeah, that had been Ruckus yeah. time on Wonder Woman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they were actually going pre this show. Number number one in 2015 was Grayson. Hey! hey. Uh, number one in 2014 was Batman. So that was still Scott Snyder's run. And then the, last, the first year they've got records for is 2013. Presumably when the site started. Uh, number one was Green Arrow, which... That'll be the Lemire Sorrentino stuff, I think. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, 2013. Yeah. So there you go. It's okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I shall come back to this in a year's time. Uh, so... <laughs> if you remember. If I remember. Well, I, I did I did briefly consider at the end of each comic, after we give our ratings, just give you what the average is for it the, the, on the week. Uh, just to see how we compare it to the, the consensus. But uh, mm-hmm. What do you mean, like, Every week on the show, or like just not every week on the show. So when we're done talking about Detective today, we'll give our ratings, and I'll say, "Oh, and the average on comic book roundup is blah blah blah." Just like a footnote, like not not. Yeah, okay. If, if, if it becomes more of a regular thing, I'm checking. I'm more likely to remember to do it next year. <laughs> sure, sure. Are you taking the new year for a chance to shake up your format? Oh, there's always room for us some more numbers and stats and. And top tens and guessing and making you two score. I squirm. think Matt strongly disagrees with that. I think Matt's on board. his numbers and stats. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, I'll keep track of Matt's numbers. What, all those sevens? All those sevens. <laughs> hey, are you at nines and nine point fives on stuff? I really like two. Oh, I, actually, I actually think what would be fascinating is like if if I do I keep a track and we can have averages for each each of us at the end of the year. Is seeing like who consistently gave the highest or lowest rating. Well, yeah, but I'm thinking if since Matt gives so many things, he doesn't like seven. Is like his like his average has to be the highest of the three of us, just because right. he doesn't just he just doesn't go that low. Yeah. So I'm just I don't know. I'm <laughs> just, just the gears are turning. Oh, I'll start a spreadsheet. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> the question is are you going to write them down as we say them or are you going to have to go through like when you're editing and well it'd be far easier if i write them down when we're saying them so i may try and keep an i'd have to do it this week because this is not the new year of comic shit oh that's true it's not it's next week this would have to start so that's true so uh, I'm, I'm off the hook this week now if i can remember that i said i was going to do this next week that's the real test <laughs> Odds are, odds are pretty low. So everyone, next Friday, <laughs> at DC Comics Podcast on Twitter, tell tell me to note down numbers. Yeah, re- remind him. Remind me. 
Or don't. Because the statistics at the end of next year will be like splooging all over the screen. It'll, it'll be like great. It'll be a glorious display of numbers. Gross. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, shall we talk about this week's comics? Yeah. Let's do that. All right. Detective Comics 1046, Mariko Tamaki, writing with Dan Mora on the art. Happy to see Mora there, of course. Yep. His final issue on the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what an issue. They look, look good, good. And I think the, the thing yep. that stuck out to me this issue, obviously this is the prologue to the 12-issue the event, mm-hmm. but the thing I especially noticed was that we know that this event's going to be like without Batman and it's going to be all the Bat family. I thought this issue did a good job of transitioning to making it feel like it is an ensemble book because there was a lot of like staff with Huntress and mm-hmm. you know Batwoman okay. talking to Oracle and yeah and you know so reminding us that Batman's leaving for vacation. Yeah, so I, yeah. I thought I thought that uh, the the mood of like Batman's about to leave, so we're kind of like getting to know these. I mean, obviously we know these characters, but like in the context of Detective, where they've not been as much of a focus. It's like, okay, yeah. here's the, here's the I group. Say, I think it was weird to call this a face day aftermath and not a prelude to the tower. Yeah, that is weird. I mean, but it is still kind of dealing with the state of Gotham in between. I mean, it's mentioned, it's relevant and it's mentioned. I I can only yeah. assume they thought Fear State was going to, like, when they, you know, when they put that in the cover, they either knew or assumed that Fear State was selling well, so it was just like a right. way to like convince people to try this. So the idea being that if you like Fear State and you bought this just because it was a Fear State kind of loose tie-in... Now you're maybe more yeah. likely to carry on and read the tower. I think that's the idea. How successful that is, I mean, you can, you know, debate yourselves, but... Yeah. Hmm. So, the issue starts with a, a villain. Uh, this this woman, what's her name? It's his, his lair. She's like a proper serial killer, and she's yep. killing a guy up in one of these uh, condo towers. And there's an explosion. Batman shows up, uh, but it's actually Steph down in the uh, you know the the, the car park that shows oh, yeah, up. Yeah, garage. Yeah, and uh, and I actually really like this. I thought the action here looked really great in the art. Uh, the uh-huh. jumping over the oh, car. Nice. Yeah. yeah, really nice. Uh, I thought the coloring looked great. Like the. You know, it's obviously it's, it's obviously she's always in purple, but I thought the purple of the costume and the the blonde hair really popped nicely together in those I, panels. I actually thought that the layout of this page was super interesting to me because it does the thing of okay, it's kind of what it's basically one continuous image with the you know the the character doing the the multiple movements on the same page, mm-hmm. except it still splits up into three panels for Steph, even though the car is still just one image. So it, it kind of it's doing both at the same time of having it be multi-paneled. And also the single panel. I think, Joe, I think that makes it work. And just in, in the, the theory of it is that the car is, is really big compared to her, right? So the idea is in your face. So it's this big object, but she's like diving over it. So it makes sense to me that the car is all one image effectively, but she isn't. Yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not completely. Yeah. It's just, it's unusual because to have this uh, having just been, you know, a, a splash page and see Steph three times in the movement, maybe you do the slight translucent effect. Uh, on the middle one, mm-hmm. that wouldn't have been unusual at all. That would have been a pretty common sight. So to do it like this, it's just it's it's pretty unique. I don't think I've seen it like this before. Uh, not uh, not on this on this scale on a full page. I've seen it on like you know three or like a a, a grid panel, but as, as a full page and it's uneven panels, it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so 
uh, the, the car is about to hit someone, but Batman grapples it and sort of makes it flip. So you get a nice big sort of action set piece there. Uh, and, uh, just just for anyone who, who's wondering, the woman outside, the old woman who, who's outside, who says, what the hell? Mm-hmm. That's uh, one of the main characters from Once and Future, which yep. Dan Mora also draws. Oh, really? <laughs> so, yeah. As his final I, issue on Detective, he's like, I'm putting one of my characters in here, damn it. Yeah, I, I, I saw that and I went, uh, Connor's going to know. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really... You know, like in your face. It's not like a subtle cameo or anything. It's like oh, she's no, got no. a full panel to herself. Yeah, it was a guy who works at the car park who get who got stabbed in the leg with scissors. Uh, so some fun banter is like Steph's talking to like, yep. like don't, maybe don't take the scissors out. Let's just get to the hospital and she's see like, what oh, I can't remember if you take them out or not. Uh, let's okay. to be safe. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it sort of sets up you know kind of the modern world here a little bit where like this footage that he's recorded of the car exploding and stuff is already online by the time he gets to the hospital. Like he literally uploads it in the ambulance. He's like, ah, did did. I'll get some clicks, get some leaks, all that stuff. It could have been live uploading as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so this sets up, you know, Kate's talking to Oracle about the, the villain. Um, and it's like, well, she's going to Blackgate for now, but, you know, was it Anna Volshin? That was the name. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, but she's probably going to end up in that new tower. So, oh, and it was, I think it was pretty clear. Like when you start this issue off with some random, you know, villain doing some villainous stuff, uh, it was, it was a very fun sequence, but you kind of feel that the point of this is like, no, oh, this is going to lead to discussion about Arkham Tower, right? That's what the whole point of this is. It's leading yeah. to that. Uh, so sure enough, that's what happens. But it sets up some, some character stuff. It sets up that Huntress is still having flashes of crimes, which I thought was interesting because I assume she only had flashes of crimes related to uh, Hugh Vale. Yeah. Right. But she's actually right, still so, getting flashes of other crimes. Yeah, so I'm wondering if it has to do with that neural network that the vial was using right she's just mm. getting it cross cross right over just because of who she is um but it is a nice little quirk that they've added to huntress it's a little right? uh cordelia and angel right the yeah visions. a little bit yeah yeah i suppose it is all about that um so that's cool it gives them like a plot device to use as well over this like 12 issue story which is kind of neat mm. um it doesn't feel rushed because it was set up in a previous arc and it feels like it's a nice natural follow-on yeah. I will say this scene actually is one of has one of my biggest frustrations of the issue, because mm-hmm. it, it talks. Uh, we have uh, Stefan Hunter talking. And they're talking about Batman, you know, going on his trip, mm-hmm. and I don't think I like this as the introduction to this idea in universe, because we haven't really had that yet in this comic. There's not been any, you know, th- th- that wasn't in the Fear State event or anything like that. We know that from an outside perspective. But these, you know, yeah. it's just kind of thrown in here like it's common knowledge almost. And we have a scene later with Batman, who, you know, who's like, "Hey, I'm, I, I need to go like clear my head." I mm. feel like I needed that scene before we have this conversation with these characters. I don't like it this way around with this being the introduction. Oh, no, though, I, I do like how we see them trying to process that Batman's leaving. That means that's like we're in charge while he's gone, type of vibe. Yeah, that's the thing. I like the scene. Yeah. I just I think it should have been after yeah. Batman's. Yeah, I wonder if the idea uh, of it is that, especially when you think back to you know when Steph was Batgirl, that came, that came from mm-hmm. a time when Bruce was gone. I do wonder right. if the idea that she's predicting that he's about to leave, which she kind of is here because she's like, ah, oh, he's, he's he's got that 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 extra quiet vibe, but right before he leaves, yeah. I wonder if it's trying to like hark him back to like she knows what it's like when he's gone, so it's kind of trying to thematically tie yeah. it into that era. I'm, I, I, maybe I'm reaching here, but I get it, and I, I get that because the thing is, it still would have worked. With all of that later, I think for, because these char- Batman's not telling these characters that. Mm. No, and that's why I like it because they are still part of the Bat family. But these two, right? This isn't this isn't Tim and and Dick, right? Like, 
So they're still kind of, they're in the Bat family, but they're still outsiders. So to see them bring up that, well, Batman's leaving, we're going to have more responsibility, you know. This, this is uh, more like uh, cousin Helena and like uh, yeah. niece Stephanie as opposed to the, yeah. the, the sons. And, right. Yeah. So, but yeah, I kind of like that though. It's because we know what it's like when those guys, when, when Bruce leaves and they feel the weight of that responsibility. You know, we, we get one of those stories where it feels like every two years with those yeah. guys. Haven't with with the the lady side yeah. of the. Batman. That's why I, I like this this scene in general. I just feel structurally Ooh. this should have been after the the Batman right. scene for for us as an audience and and I mainly mean for people who don't read solicits, who don't read news articles, mm -hmm. who don't know Batman is leaving already. I, I feel like having right. Batman introduced that would have been the better idea. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. No, I think this issue, like, obviously I was excited for this this story coming up because I, I love the idea of, of Gotham without mm -hmm. Bruce and all of the other Bat characters having to, like, be an ensemble and, you know, come together to solve whatever the problem is. Um, but getting an issue like this where we have these, like, interactions of these pairs of characters just teaming up, like, I'm like, yeah, like, there's something about, like, especially Gotham when all the, the various Bat characters are in a living world together and they're all interacting and solving problems together. There is something really fun about it and exciting. Mm -hmm. So it's nice when they just sort of say, no, we're just going to do that. We're going to make that the story for a change rather than just giving you the breadcrumbs that you sometimes get, uh, which is a nice vibe. Mm -hmm. um, so it also sets up and the cano uh, brings in Chase Meridian uh, yeah. and tells her that she's there to assess if Arkham Tower is any good over the first you know few months. Right. And... Basically, he says, yeah, I've made some mistakes. I've made some dodgy decisions recently. <laughs> so I want to make sure this is on the up and up. Which, the self-awareness for my um, person in charge of Gotham City, that's a first. Yeah, you know? no, I, I like that. It follows yeah. on from the mistakes yeah. he made during Fear State and stuff. So it's, and it's Joker not... War. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's got a bit of a record at this point. <laughs> He's had a bad year, all right? Yeah, like, Gordon's yeah. gone. You know, he has to really uh, lead on Montoya, who doesn't really like him. It really um, feels like he came in with this strong statement of, I'm going to be a different kind of mayor. I'm going to put my stamp on the city. <laughs> and then a year later, he's like, he's gone, shit. Uh, I would trade my <laughs> other I, I eye not to be... see why they did it that way now. Yeah, I would trade my other eye not to be mayor anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. We also, uh, Deb Donovan's still kicking around, so this is another one of uh, Tamaki's characters with, that she's she's helped feel yeah, with, prominent. With, uh, with Batwoman, which again, I like... I, I didn't realize this until we were talking about it, how... Focused on, on the the non Robins. Yeah, this is, um, which I didn't realize. Like each of them, kind of has a a opposite, uh, like an opposite side on there. So like you know, for you have Dick and Babs at the top, mm -hmm. right, is kind of the lieutenants. But then like, Helena's kind of the Jason type, kind of the south yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. Steph is kind of the Tim. Steph and Tim, and then you got you know. Cass and, and Damien, which, you know, so I didn't really put that together. And then you have Batwoman as kind of an outlier. Kind I of the say, she's the yeah, the Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't so, feel like that in a way because obviously we think of Batgirl as being the first Bat Lady, but, right? you know. Right. Uh, but so I didn't realize that Tamaki did, had, had that with these characters because all the other ones, it feels like outside of Tim, I don't know what he's up to right now. Um, but they all have other stuff going on. So it's cool to see that, uh, you yeah, know, the Batgirl. Some of the Robins are on some of the covers, so I'm, I'm sure they're coming mm -hmm. into the event. Tim, but... Tim, oh, yeah, Tim yeah. having stuff in the uh, Urban Legends. The anthology book. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah. so no, I just I thought that was really interesting to, to think about. 
yeah no i, I love this the 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 characters the you know the supporting cast and all that like I, it is something that i was missing so dearly in comics for a long yeah. time you know during the new 52 so having yeah. deb donovan be this you know some a character that they can rely on to like have info and exposition it's been a while and... since we've had a good journalist in the in the bat world because mm. and and used as a journalist because yeah vicky Vale's not really no that's it like you you it, it's one of those things that it's, it's weird to me that there wasn't like that go-to investigative journalist in the bat well, books in the era of you know like the, the 60s through 90s of you know big investigative journalism like headlines being a thing less so these days i, I guess maybe, maybe there wasn't that in the bat world i wonder if it's just because it's such an integral part of superman that they just yeah. didn't want to repeat also, it. Doesn't say. It, it feels like it's used in such a different way because in superman it is him and lois that are those characters yeah right as opposed to the outsider that, you know someone well, that they I mean, go to here which bruce is... has always heavily relied on the police to get his info not so much the investigative and if there was a journalist it seemed always to be a thorn in his side or not like yeah, not like with with over in Superman, where they're treated as the, you know, yeah. truth, truth seekers. So and um, Nicano, no. I think it's going to continue to have a bad year because I think all the shit he's been involved in has broken his wife. But by, by the looks of it, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it, it's kids into Power Rangers by the look of it. Oh yeah, I noticed yeah. the uh, it's not quite the Megazord. Megazord. <laughs> yeah, and there's a there's a Ninja Turtle in there as well. Uh, on the shelf, there? just to the right of the wife. Oh, I see it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The maid, the, the nanny. Nanny. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, he's like, oh yeah, this will be good. The Arctic Towers, the other therapy, the new therapy techniques are going to help the city. Uh, and she's just like lying there, a broken woman, because this this man has been at the center of all this controversy and like turmoil that the city's went through. I'm sure they'll elaborate on it, but it's uh, interesting. To yeah, because. I missed when he became mayor, but wasn't his big thing was not just do things differently, but like basically criminalize Batman. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah. And now Batman's pulled his out of the fire a bunch of times. So it's He's like, kind of had to rescind do? that a little bit. Yeah. 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 But it's like, what does he do now? Because the people that voted for him to get, you know, to criminalize Batman, you know, and then there's the people that did want to vote for him because he was going to criminalize Batman. He has no like standing. So yeah, no wonder his wife's broken. Yeah, there's a page where uh, Deb Dorov is just like walking through the street drinking and then looks up at the tower that's almost finished and is like, yep, got a bad feeling about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, simple, I'm but not, effective. I'm looking forward to this story now. Ah, yeah, yeah, that's actually got me hyped. Uh, not that I wasn't before, because, you, know, you know, since it was announced, 12-issue kind of weekly thing, we were like, yeah, that sounds kind of cool. Um, after reading this issue and kind of getting a, a grasp of what it's actually going to be, uh, you know, functionally with, okay, these these characters are kind of going to be the core cast. Uh, I'm a lot more excited for it now. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit more uh, Steph and Huntress talking about uh, Huntress's kind of visions. Uh, and she just kind of, you know, leaves, basically, and leaves Steph hanging. Um, so it just gives you a sort of a vibe of the tone that some of them are going through. And then there's a scene with Batman and Chase, who meet on a rooftop, which I think is very intentional, meant to make you think of Batman forever a little bit. Uh mm-hmm. But he's like, yeah, I'm leaving, I'm going, like, I need you to be my eyes and ears inside Arkham Tower. My people will be there to help you, even if you don't see them, so. I wonder who's going to be, are they all undercover, or are they just some of them? I think there's going to be a couple, you know. Uh, Uh, You can't send Cass undercover, surely. I I don't know how much of a... Yeah, I don't know how much of, like, if I'm taking it literally as in they'll be undercover, like, the whole time, or just, like... Well, they'll be dipping in and out. at least one of them undercover. I mean, who do you send undercover? Do you send, uh... 
I mean, Damien's too young, so <laughs> it's not, it's not Damien. Well, he has his hands, hands full. Yeah. Was that so? Tim, maybe. Tim, Tim, Tim could work. Tim, we haven't seen Tim in a minute, so that's where, like, I know you guys said he's in Urban Legends and whatnot, but I mean, him, him setting up as like a tech inside Arkham Tower. Under yeah, he's probably name. the one who could like fake being a doctor of some kind. The, the yeah. most. He could, as well as it's, I don't know how much they've been continuing his kind of desire for further education recently, mm. but it could you know you could treat it as like a, a placement. Right. Oh yeah, and you could maybe even use it as a as an excuse to show off some of the new fields that he's learned and get into and mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, it ends in a big page of Batman just looking at the tower in the snow, very atmospheric, uh, and gives you the, yeah. you know, next next issue starts the 12-issue epic Shadow of the Bat storyline, so. Um, and I like, that, I like that as a title, even though it's obviously an overused phrase when it comes to Batman, it's been yeah. used a bunch of times, but, but it, I think in the context of the story, the idea that everyone has to work without him, so they're all under the shadow of him. Yeah, uh, well, also, the shadow he cast on Gotham, right? Because there's mm. always that narrative that Gotham didn't get fully crazy until Batman showed up. Like it was like a really bad place. Oh yeah, the once class- he shows up, the classic escalation. Yeah. You know, there wasn't like there wasn't super right. villains with like costumes and gimmicks until he gave right. them the so idea. So like when Arkham, when Arkham was around, but it was a, like a more traditional facility, and then you start adding Joker and Two Face and Riddler in there, and it like escalation and like everything else. Yeah. Um. So you know, and now we're at the point where there's this tower in the middle of town. And you know that's Batman Shadow as well, but yeah, it should be like I didn't realize that it was going to be in so much continuity with Williamson's Batman that Bruce mm. wasn't actually going to be there mm. until now. Yeah, so. I, I think that's maybe why I never really thought too much about the discussion about Batman leaving is because I, I feel like that was more of a mm-hmm. that's more to do with Batman's book and it's just kind of like yeah. happening. I think it's this. a thing where if if you're not reading that book, if you've only been reading Detective, I think it's important for it to be in here. Yeah, and I think. Given that it's setting up the, the status quo for this book, is Batman's not here and we're transitioning this away from being a Batman yeah. book, essentially. Well, which it does yeah. at the, by the end. I mean, your complaint it was does. really just that it doesn't do it in the order you'd like it in. Pretty much. And that's, again, I like the scene. I just think it's more important to have that moment with Batman kind of being like, okay, this is the setup. Uh, for, for the people who don't know that information going into the book, I think yeah. otherwise that scene earlier plays very differently if you don't know that Batman's I mean, leaving. It makes some sense, like your argument makes sense, but at the same time we always come back to more people are always reading Batman and the Detective, so the chances are people are, that are reading mm-hmm. this are probably also reading Batman, so... Maybe monthly, but I'm thinking down the line in trade, if, if this oh, true. is yeah. better received over, over the long term, then this run will probably have more legs in it. Oh, very possibly. Uh, I, I can see mm. a big, nice big 12, maybe even 13 issue hardcover if you include this issue in it to uh, yeah. set things up. Uh, all right, Matt, what are you uh, giving Detective Comics? I'm, I'm going to give this an 8. Connor? I'm also going to give it an 8. I'm going to smidge it up to 8.5. Uh, this is scratching my Bat Family itch, and I, I, I am pleased by that. Uh, and the average on Cobby Roundup, uh, based on 12, 12 reviews, is 7.9, which is pretty close wow. to... Uh... Wow. I don't like this. Because that's going to tell me I'm like everybody else, and I'm not like this. Gonna... No one like me but me. Matt, you're just um, another person. You're just another number in the sea of numbers. <laughs> did, did we realize Dan Moore is going to be teaming with uh, Mark Wade on yes, the World's Finest book? Yes, that was, for me, yeah. when we answered, that was okay. for me the exciting part. I just I just learned this. I, I only heard Wade and then when I went to see what Dan Moore's doing next, 
Uh, that came up. I mean, he not... basically seems to be doing arcs of a of a DC book in between arcs of Once and Future, because mm. mm -hmm. that's still going, and he's still doing every issue of that. It right. just takes you know like three months break. Yeah, there's, arcs, there's nothing to not be happy about this world famous book coming up. Yeah, <laughs> nothing about. Hundred <laughs> percent. It's all good news. All right. There you go, that's Detective Comics 1046. Action Comics 1038, Philip K. Johnson writing with Miguel Mendoncha on the art. So this is our second proper part of the War World Saga, and it is after Superman's defeat last issue. It gets, a, it gets heavy, it has some hope it's, in the well, darkness. This was, like, so I, I, this was the last thing I read this week, and I kept seeing praise, and while it is very good, I... Should have waited to to you know shouldn't have waited this long. I was going to say to you could have left it any longer, Matt. It was the last book you're I, I, <laughs> no, 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 you're that's what are I you meant. saying it was kind of overhyped for you, or that it was no, so good not overhyped. I, I should have read it sooner because I I came in and I wasn't ready for it to be that bleak. Because you know when when you hear oh my god it was amazing, I'm I'm thinking oh we're gonna get some Superman doing you know heroic stuff and it was like oh no the Superman getting beat down oh, no. for 24 pages. Um, for, it's part two, Matt. We, we we got a while to go before Superman's winning. <laughs> no, no, no. But what I mean is, because I try to steer clear from stuff, but hearing how some some of the fellow Superman fans on, on Twitter and other places were going on about this, it was like, this is why Superman works. So I'm like, oh, we're going to get some Superman diatribes, and, and we do, but in between just utter bleakness and like... Oh, yeah, I mean, this... I, I think when, when people are saying this is why... Superman works. They are, I assume, referring to the fact that he is still optimistic, still putting yeah. in a good fight. I mean, despite the, his yeah. situation, the Escher stars. He's right. in chains, like the like all, all of the the Warzons or whatever we're calling them. Uh, Warzoo. Yeah. So, like, obviously, Light Ray get killed last issue. Yep. Uh, the others are in chains. They're pissed. I mean, there is a moment where Omak breaks out, but Mongol, who is just like mows them down with his, his beam. Great full page spread from uh, Madonja. Um and I've always like Madonja's art's always been solid enough, but I think that this is elevating what I think of yeah. Miguel Madonja's artwork. This this art. And just the way that he's drawing the war world settings too. Like it's it's grimy and it's it just it has texture to it that I don't remember reading other Madonja books. Yeah, because so, Madonna was one of those like just sort of like, oh, he's solid, but he's, he's kind of one of the house artists, which was kind of the yeah, feeling a, with them before. A good feeling, like if you saw Madonna's name on the cover and it was like a fill-in issue, you knew you were in good hands, but you weren't exactly looking forward to the Madonna art. Yeah. Here, though, I feel like that has gotten elevated. And... Yeah, it, it feels like this is kind of a, I mean, it, it feels a bit of a coming out party in a sense of like, mm -hmm. hey, he's like, kind of, he can be kind of an A-lister now and we can sort of be excited yeah. for him being an, an artist on a book. Yeah. I think something else that needs to be said is uh, Adriana Lucas's colors, mm -hmm. kind of yeah. bridging that gap from Sampia into this. Uh, yep. That might seamless. be what adds to the griminess too, because there's a lot of yeah. harsh. It's the, it's yeah. the, I think the harsh inks as well. I think especially yeah. on Mongol, like he always has the harsh shadows mm -hmm. in his face. Uh, I think yeah. that works really well. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so they they bring out like one of these soldiers, the one who failed to uh, capture Midnighter because Midnighter ran away. And he's like, hey, Kal-El, you will murder him. And if you don't, uh, first of all, your tail will be much worse, but then I will hunt down your son. Uh, and then he also just casually throws in, yeah, his uh, 
his wife and his sisters will all be used as sex slaves to, uh, you know, spawn new generations of my mm. warriors. Like, it's super, like, this issue for a Superman comic book, this issue hints on some I... pretty dark stuff. I like villains that are fun. <laughs> Mongol's not fun. No, he's not. I, I can't wait for Superman to, like, I feel like where this is going, just in, in the grand scheme of other fiction that's like this where the evil overlord gets overthrown by his own people and gets ripped limb from limb by them. I hope that happens to Mongol. Like, I'm looking forward to it. Being that it's Superman, he'll probably stop them because he's Superman. But yeah, that that Well if it does happen, there's there's always a Mongol a Mongol who will be, so it's yeah. fine. <laughs> exactly. True, but is it as bad as this one? Right. Like... Yeah, I mean, Superman shows defiance. He grabs the axe he's supposed to use to kill this the soldier. And can we talk about how cool the axe is? Just that it, the the axe head is just chained on to, to the handle. Yeah. Oh, it's sure. just tied on with a chain. Right. But he, he grabs the axe and he throws it. And this is the thing. So he has this moment where he actually breaks out, and he doesn't use it to fight. He doesn't use it to get away. He uses it to sort of like say goodbye to to Light Ray and sort of apologize and just you know give her like a send off and. That's what he uses his few seconds for that he has, as as because obviously they're coming to like chain him back up. Like they're mm-hmm. not going to just let him stroll around. Um, so I thought that was a really effective moment because because almost for like, the start of that that page, like after he th- so he throws the axe at the end of the page, and then you see like mm-hmm. her chains like break down and the body drops. And for the top half of that page, as he's carrying, I thought, what the hell? Where's the urgency? You just broke out your chain. Like surely they're coming. But then as the as the page you know went on, it was like. No, that's the point, is that he's just saying this while he has a chance right before he gets knocked out again. Um, it's a really sweet moment. It's very Superman. Did they just knock him out, or did they kill her as well? Because obviously there's an actual blood splatter. Yeah, well, she already did. All right, she already did. Wait, I, I couldn't remember yeah. if she was dead or just unconscious. Yeah, she died last yeah, issue. No, they... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, so there's the an big... actual blood splatter, which is what made it more ambiguous. Right. I, well... I think it's just his blood. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think, too. So. Um, yeah, because uh, didn't the big tank baby is the one they killed? Yeah. Right. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. The the others, uh, Natasha or Nat, are taken uh, mm-hmm. to get their first chains. And as as we've learned, it's been built up properly up to this point. That yep. they they are you know they get more links in their chain. So the longer their chain is, the the more people they've killed. And because they killed some of uh, you know uh, Mongols people, the... they get a couple of links. So Natasha gets like two little chain links between her right. her shackles. Uh, and if like... you notice on Superman, he has none. Right, mm. his shackles are a shape bar. Which I think yeah. that's a, a little thing that uh, builds War World. Yeah. Too. Uh, so really great stuff. Uh, it builds up some of these. You know, characters are still prisoners that are there to be used. But I think where it gets the most powerful is where Superman's thrown into a cell with a bunch of the other slaves and prisoners, and like uh, some of these are Thelosians, and they talk about how like you know, he's supposed to be Superman. He's supposed to be this great thing, and they they act scared of him. Uh, there's the one sort of young person, and I really love this actually. That Superman points out, "Oh, you're like the same age as my son. He's about to turn 12. And I love that he's passing out as he says that, because obviously we're all thinking, "Well, no, John aged up." But the fact that he still thinks of John, because that's what he would be. He would just be about to turn 12. Right. Had he just uh, had he not continued. gone on that yeah. adventure with his crazy ass grandpa? Do you think we're going to get something in this run of him kind of kind of reflecting on the fact that he lost more of those years than yeah, possibly? Than... I mean, maybe, but I don't think that's the point in this. No, but th- this is, this is showing that's still in there, right? Yeah. Like he still thinks of his son as twelve, and he's just, e- even though he uh, 
know, John has had actual experience. He isn't actually 12. It's not like he was just in an aged-up body. Right. You know, the way he still sees no, that, for, he's missing For all intents and purposes, he's 17, 18. Yeah, because right. John still grew up. John still right. experienced that time. Yes. It didn't, so it's know. not like he isn't an adult or anything like that. It's not that he right. didn't have those experiences, but Clark no. missed them. I think, yeah, it's a mix of that, but it's also just a real, a very real thing that parents often still, like, right. it doesn't matter how old your kid gets, like, it could be 40, still but he's still, my, you know, still my baby boy, my baby girl, mm-hmm. you know, there's still yeah. a bit of that vibe going on as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, every, just every time, like, Clark, like, just kind of, like, gets out, like, I'm, you know, my son's just like you, or I won't hurt you, he's just, you know, he's whispering these things as best he can, but he's, he's struggling. And, Re- you know, really, really good lettering as well, like, you've got the, yeah. the wavy bubbles to show it's like, you know, broken and then even the words aren't straight right. yeah because i you know, i love the start of the issue i you know all the world building it's doing all the stuff that it's doing with the plot i love but when midnighter sort of comes in with you know a, a blaster and he's like i'm gonna get you out of here let's just leave this abandon the place and just blow, blow everything up you nuke it from orbit it's the only way to be sure and clark as you expect is like no we can't let these people die and he's like these people cheered as some of us were killed like they don't want our help they are actively fighting against us. Like, why would we do this? And so the debate itself is really good, but the final line is, like, perfect. Because Midnighter says, you know, are their lives more valuable than you know, your friends, than ours? And he says, no, not more. But then says, but not less. And it's just, yeah. there's a perfect cap onto the point of what the scene is. And you do get that one character who's awake who's listening to him say it. So the idea that, Yes, they're they're all they've all been indoctrinated into Mongols world, into war world, and how like mm-hmm. he's treated them to like, believe in the, the the chain and like killing and all that. But you have that, and then the final beat is that that one you know the one more monstrous looking dude, and I think it's the prisoner from the start of the issue. Who was yeah, supposed he's the to, one that Superman yeah. was meant to kill. Yeah, so he's in the cell across from him, and the last page of the issue is him drawing the S shield in the sand and just mm-hmm. saying hope, and it's just this little moment of like he may already be breaking through to them just a little bit. It's going to take time, yeah. but that seed's already there. Well, yeah, and and I like that, too, is that, like, he explains to Midnighter, like, yeah, we could just free everybody, but that's not going to change anything, right? Yeah, there's to, always going to be a Mongol. They have to choose. Right? They have to choose to right. want to leave, yeah. We, we can't just bring them freedom and go, you're free now. And when you know about Philip Kennedy Johnson being in the military, right, because he's still, he's a, still a military musician, you know, I feel like that informs this. Whereas, like, yeah, you can go in crying freedom, but if the people themselves don't understand that concept, you're just going to get another this happening again, right? You got to actually go in there and yeah, change their not, minds. It's not like just recently the the U.S. and other countries mm-hmm. pulled out of places they had occupied for a decade, right. and then immediately things changed because the people had never learned what it was. Not not through their right. fault, but because right. It was just this is the, the 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 scenario they were told was the case, not what they actually chose. Right, and, yeah. and you can definitely feel the real world uh, like parallels with War World and some of these other, you know, because even thinking about like ancient cultures, right? Like War World's kind of like ancient Rome, right? It's funny because there's definitely some yeah. vibes in this that reminds me of Gladiator. Like yeah. it's not the exact same thing because you know it's not, that was no. all about winning the crowd to win your freedom, but this right. is winning the hearts and minds of the other slaves. And to convince right. them, like, you know, so there's, there's definitely some parallels that you can like, throw in there. We we get told about I mean, the glory that's of the Rome. That's the Spartacus story, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is. Um, but like we we get told about like the glory of Rome and and stuff, right? But to the places that Rome was conquering, I'm sure it looked a lot more like War World. It, it was 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. through the places Rome was conquering, they were, it was occupation, right? It, it was, right. right. Yeah, it was invasion and, and terrifying. I'm, I'm certain right. of that. So yeah, yeah like putting out Spartacus, that I didn't even make that. Like, of course, that's the easy one to go to. It, it is the easy one to go to. Which yeah, I came to mind first, admittedly. Yeah, but... yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, and I think what's interesting about putting Superman into this type of story is that, like, t- typically when you set stories in ancient Rome or you're thinking about the, the, that time period, it's very mm-hmm. savage. So even the heroic characters are a bit more, yeah. you know, ready to kill. They're a bit more right. edgy. I think putting Superman and, like, have him being defiantly, like, yeah. no, I'm not going to, like, lose who I am here. I'm not, you right. know, I to break my spirit. In fact, to compare it to another, uh, another movie, bizarrely, yeah. um... I think a little bit of Kill Hand Luke, and this is a weird comparison, yeah. but no. Kill, Kill Hand Luke's whole thing is that Paul Newman in that movie is like sent to prison and the guards are trying to break him and make him lose his spirit. Yeah. And it's not even that he's like a hero in that movie or he's like a noble guy like Superman. He yeah. just refuses to never like stop having his character and his personality no right. matter what. That's just kind of it. So a little bit of that defines here, but it's more noble because it's Superman and it's about him trying to like convince these people that they are worth saving, they're worth getting out mm-hmm. of this place and they don't, they're not beholding to Mongol. Uh, right. So, like, like you brought up, remind you of, of Gladiator, but Maximus was still a general, right? That's why mm-hmm. he was so good yeah. at fighting. Yeah. And like, that's not Superman. Like, yeah, he's big and strong and powerful. It's Superman in the sense that he has experience, but, right? Yeah, but like, he even knows he's not going to change their mind by being the bigger and badder than Mongol. I mean, I think he has to show them that Mongol's not right. Like. I, I think yeah. the, the, the fair part I compare it to Gladiator outside of just the the, the combat and the slaves in the right. Rome and all that stuff the Colosseum is that the one thing Maximus does have in common with Superman though is he he was kind of a heroic figure before he get mm-hmm. you know trapped there like people kind of knew who he was he was kind of this mythic character almost to a lot of people um, and the idea that he did have you know, if you if you watch Gladiator again there's a whole like sort of plot beat where is it if word gets back to the army that he led you know before he was enslaved find out like they, they'll come running right. and they, he'll have an army beset, you know, behind them and i think with superman you could almost make the argument like yeah if word gets out to the justice league that he's here like this like they will come in like being the justice right. league and they will save the day but it won't necessarily solve the problem that superman is no, trying to still, fix cause, yeah because because midnighter even brings up like the the suns that feel the world and whatnot and like you know you know that discussion about well yeah we'll just knock him out and take out war world and that takes out the problem it's like well no no, it doesn't. So it's, you know, Johnson's really created a rock and a hard place for Superman, you know, and really built up that. How is he going to do this? Because it's not a typical superhero story where the cavalry can just come in and save the day. It's when I read an issue of Superman like this and I hear people say Superman's really hard to write. I'm like, F you. <laughs> like, just F you. Yeah, that's, that's just the lazy... <laughs> thing where people you maybe, know like maybe I it's hard say, to write if you're not a good enough writer i mean right. yeah but like it's, it's just this cop-out answer he's too powerful you can't make him like you can well, you clearly can but see but what i hate about that argument is half the time those people eat up batman because batman always has a plan and it's like well how's that any different than superman being i, I will i will overpowered like it's, defend the argument because i don't yeah. agree with it but i think their perspective on that is mm-hmm. Batman comes up with that plan. He has to create things. It's his ingenuity as opposed to Superman just using his natural right. talents. But when when it's lazy writing with Batman, it just pulls out. So, 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 yeah, again, uh, right. I wasn't defending it. I was just, I no, no, no. But I'm saying yeah. if it's part of the story, like we've seen in the past with Batman, it's no different than here. Like it's being handled with Superman. 
like Pete's saying, like, well, no, that's just a cop out answer. You know, I- I've said if, this many a time. Storytelling, storytelling. But Superman and Star Trek: Next Generation are like two peas in a pod with this problem, right? It's not a one-to-one, but the great thing about Star Trek The Next Generation is that it was about... Mo- the good episodes, anyway, were about moral dilemmas that had to sort of be approached with ethics and had to be thought out in a way that didn't, like, you know, betray anyone's rights. And, like, mm-hmm. it, you know, it put put Picard into situations where he had to, like, think about what the right thing to do was, and sometimes right. that was a hard choice. And Superman can often be at his best when he's put into a situation where there's not easy right answer. It's not easy right. to just do the good right thing because it's not a clear right. he's, path. It's, it's very telling that I, I'm on the record before as my favorite Superman story in the past being you know, uh, Superman and the Legion, where he's in the future and he has no powers. And it's about what does he do still being Superman, but with no mm. powers. And, right. oh, look, here we are again in a world where Superman has no powers. And what does he do? I, I, I suspect by the end of this, this might be up there, uh, um, you know, alongside the uh, Superman and the Legion mm-hmm. in my favourite Superman stories. Yeah. What's so funny is you can, the whole Superman and Batman comparison is weird to me in a lot of ways because I'm like, my favourite stories for both characters in many ways is about like someone trying to break their spirit and them like saying, no, I'm goddamn right. Batman or I'm goddamn Superman. Not literally, obviously. No. <laughs> but... I mean, with Bruce, yeah. Bruce, that's a little bit more on point. Than the I think he just a bit it'll start Batman was No, 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 no. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. Um, I think that is exactly what you said. But... But yeah, no, like, like there was, uh, I think it was Morrison that said there's no such thing as bad characters, just bad writers, right? And, and yeah, and that, that goes here too, because the, the amount of fighting I usually have to do over Superman, it's refreshing seeing how many people talking about how good action is, or even with, with Tom Taylor's Son of Kal-El, which is still good. I mean, it's not at this level, right? Mm. But how many more eyes are getting to it? And it's refreshing that I don't constantly have to defend like, oh no, you guys should be reading this, right? It's actually good. Um, like, it, it's Makes such you sound a... like an Aquaman fan. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I liked Aquaman for the longest time, too. So it was along the same lines where it's like, well, no, if you guys actually read instead of just, you know, it's like, did you come up with that or is that what pop culture is telling you? You yeah. know? So, um, but no, I think this is definitely, like Connor did say, this is going to be an all timer Superman yeah, story. We're I... not even. A third of the way through it. Yeah. I mean, it feels like it was just scratching the surface because we only just started the actual saga yeah. two issues also, ago. You kept saying this was part two. This is part three. Is it part three? Sorry. Okay. Uh, just, uh, just, uh, I feel like someone will be out there I, <laughs> nitpicking and I might as well get it out of the way. I, I guess I was just... I was thinking of them arriving at the planet last issue and that was the first part. I guess there was the first part was them on the way. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> like... Yeah, because the first part ends with the confrontation right, and it revealed the hair and then the second issue was the, just the fight mostly yeah okay right yeah. okay all right you know it's, that's just that's just blending together all right oh, I'm, I'm i'm just saying that's all it is um i can't wait until this time next year when we're doing our annual episode for 2022 because at that point we'll have had a full year of war world saga mm-hmm. uh and i'm curious to see how we feel about it in a year's time so yeah. well uh, let's just think that if he's building to that moment from the future state you know, with Superman in the gladiatorial arena. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's kind of his prologue. What the hell? Where is this going to go? Right? Like, that's what he was giving us to give us a taste. What else does he have in store? I can't, yeah. can't imagine. All right, Matt, what are you giving Action Comics 1038? I'm going to give this a nine. Connor? I'm going to go with an 8.5. 
Uh, I'm gonna agree with the nine. I really have nothing uh, to to really say. I, I, the, the, this is just exciting ongoing comic book as you yeah. as you get pretty much. Maybe a little bit higher if there wasn't a backup. If this was just the full pages, you know, it, it yeah. could have got that. Yeah, but I wasn't even going to ask about the backup to be honest. No, That's, I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, I, I got there, I thought I had more pages, and then you yeah. get to the end, you're like, oh yeah, there's a backup. Yeah, so, and then out of ten for me, uh, the average on Copic Roundup based on ten reviews is eight point two. So. Doing well, but not a skyrocket. So closer to me. Closer to corner, yeah. Closer to corner. Validation. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, all right. What's funny is if because that was ten reviews. If you include our reviews, as another three. <laughs> oh, let's not get into this it, debate. That probably pulls it up to the eight point five. Let's let's not get to adding ours to the the mix and doing new math. That's just too much. <laughs> too much. All right. The Flash, 777, Jeremy Adams writing with Fernando Pissarin on the art. So I was really down on the last issue, not because the run was plummeting, just because it was a weird issue with Flash and Doctor Fate and all the weird art gimmicks of them turning the page mm. around and all the meta stuff. Um, this, this took an interesting turn, actually. So there, there is the plot continuing with Wally and Doctor Fate, where they're in Gem World, and it seems like Eclipso came here for a reason. And... Um, it, they basically get to the point because they go to Dark Opal uh, who's like the villain in Gem World and they kind of have to reluctantly work with him a little bit and it turns out that basically what's probably seems to be happening is that Eclipso wants to use like Gem World as like the, the powering device to basically broadcast these powers so that it can be the most powerful Eclipso that he's ever Eclipsoed and it's like okay <laughs> typical Eclipso uh, you know whatever yeah I love it it's still jewel based I love it yeah but there's still some fun uh, stuff with Wally and the, the, all the deliciously dark characters kind of not taking him seriously because he doesn't really know about magic. But he's actually the one who says, no, 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 this is science. Barry would be so proud of me right now. And he explains, oh, my kid had the experiment and it was, a, it, was a, it was a quartz that was used to, like, you know, do the whole thing. And uh, mm. so all decent stuff. Um, the big thing at the end, though, is that all justly dark, uh, the big, the, the last page cliffhanger is that they're all taken over by Eclipso. Uh... So Wally's in a bit of a pickle at the end of the issue. Um, and the banner between the characters is pretty decent uh, throughout that, that plot. But that's only half the book, though, right? So that's, this is very neatly between two plots, this. The other plot is back on Earth with the family. So you got Linda, you got uh, Irene, and you got uh, Jay. And it's Jay's writing his diary, which he actually calls an action log. That's <laughs> what he calls it. And it's him like complaining about his sister, how his sister's got powers, but it's not in like a like a moany annoying way. It's kind of like a sweet kind of like brother sister thing. But mm-hmm. there's actually an, an interesting thing that's uh, put in here is that uh, Irie's got a new friend at school because they've just started the school a few weeks ago, and her new friend is Maxine. Oh, as an Animal Man star. Yeah, uh, and they actually kind of like treat her as a bit of, bit of a troublemaker she's like convincing Irie to like help her steal ice cream and stuff and they're up to no good and sneaking out after dark and I really thought you were going to say free the frogs like an E.T. <laughs> you know because that's very on brand for her yeah uh, and apparently Irie refers to 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 the pair of them as uh, hair twins so gingers stick together <laughs> apparently uh, <laughs> is that you Connor? what was that? I wasn't listening uh, of course, never mind. Yeah. The gingers stick together. No. <laughs> no, we all hate each other. There you That's all that South Park episode suggested. That's wrong. <laughs> uh, okay. They don't know, they're Canadian. Uh, <laughs> no, they're not. 
No, they're not. I thought Jeff Park was a Canadian thing. No, we're from Colorado. They're, they're a-hole Americans. Yeah, anyways. I could have sworn South Park was, Park was a Canadian thing. No. Okay. Nope. They're they from Boulder, Colorado. Okay. Weird uh, thing. Uh, Matt, stop playing with something next to the mic. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just hear this I thought that was my headset going funny. <laughs> no, 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 it's just me playing yeah. with my heating pad. Uh, so yeah, some fun hijinks with them and like uh, Jay's like giving them shit. Uh, the, the West family have a PS5 because Jay's excited because Irie gives them all of her video game time so that he won't tell Linda about what she's been up to in Maxine. Uh, but at the end of the issue, she sneaks out after dark to hang out with uh, Maxine. And there's like a big towering figure in shadow. I actually don't know who it is for sure. Like if it wasn't for the long hair, I'd have said maybe Solemn Grundy or something. But mm-hmm. like, uh, seem to have long hair, whoever it was. Um, but yeah, so yeah, like the Animal Man family is kind of like, and it, we don't even meet any of the other characters. It's just Maxine in this issue. But I presume that maybe, you know, and what's funny is I didn't necessarily even clock it was Maxine as in like, you know, Buddy's kid at first. Right. It, it was uh, later on uh, when uh, Irie is like, asking Linda, hey, can I go and like spend the night at, at Maxine's? She wanted t- to show me something uh, at her house with her animals. And I went, wait, wait, we had animals? And I saw it yeah. clicked who it was. And I was like, oh, shit. Um, so, yeah, no, all the, all the family stuff at home. I, I love that the rest of the family are getting some char- uh, getting some like plot and some character building. You know, it, it sort of sells that Linda's a little bit worried that Wally's missing because he got pulled into a portal. Uh but it just flushes them out a little bit. And, uh, yeah, that's some decent time. So, so yeah, there's like some big monstrous figure uh, potentially, you know, going to trouble the kids mm-hmm. at the end because uh, they're up to no good. Um, and as far, as far as, like, the actual gym world stuff, like I say, the banter is mostly fun. Uh, the action of the issue comes early on where there's, like, a giant... So it's almost like, uh, like uh, Adams was excited for Dune because he put in, like, a big blue worm uh, that's not unlike the uh, worm from Dune. And they basically defeat it, kind of like how, and I think it's Tremors 3? Where, where basically they make it run into a wall, but in this case it's like a crystal wall, so that it, it kills it. Okay. Uh, so, so Wally burrows underground and speeds into it, and then just uh, at the last second jumps out of the way, and it goes into Diamond, and oh well, that's it. Bye-bye. Hmm. Uh, but a decent fun issue, I definitely liked it a lot more than the last one. Uh, which I thought was just mostly gimmicky and just kind of filler. Uh, this felt like it was actually advancing the plot, uh, and I really like the focus on uh, the rest of the West family, which was nice, especially the kids. The kids getting some time to like sort of flesh out their side of things was nice. So, uh, no. Uh, solid 7.5 uh, for me, I think, this issue. Uh, had a good time. Uh, average on comic book roundup is 8.6, based on 7 reviews. That's actually very high. Wow. Uh I suspect that only having seven reviews has maybe helped that go as high as it has. There are all that many Wally less than the other ones, though. The rest were like only around ten. Yeah, so that's true. That's true. I, I mean, people people are digging the Flash even more than I am. Maybe. Yeah. No, nothing to yeah. complain about. So that's cool. Uh, next up, Robin issue nine. Joshua Williamson writing with Roger Cruz on the art. So, mm-hmm. uh, not Melnikov. Uh, no, nope. that was a disappointment. Upon yes. I want, I want to see Melnikov draw a demon. I mean, disappointing in the sense that he's very good on this book. Yeah. But I still really like the art in this issue, and I think it does oh, capture the same yeah, no. vibe as Melnikov. Uh, yeah, I think it does a good job of like keeping the, the vibe going. It, I will say that 
I guess it's the colouring that's doing this, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, there's a slightly different texture to the characters. I know that sounds like a weird thing to say. Yeah. Uh, but they just look a bit... It, less it seems like... Sketchy, it, it, I guess? <laughs> yeah, no, no. It feels like the um, Bruce Tim kind of style. Mm, yeah, it's really clean. A little cleaner. It's a little bit cleaner, yeah. yeah. I'd say that's probably lighter inks that's causing that. Probably. Because I don't know if Melnikov his own work. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go back to one of the last issues and check. Yeah, yeah I don't know. But, I, I, I never checked to see if the, the anchor was the same as before. But um, that might just, be where it's coming from. I feel like uh, Williamson's having a lot of fun with this because while the dialogue in here could be seen as super cheesy, it's so I feel tongue in cheek at, at points. Honestly, yeah, I had the blast with this issue. Obviously, yeah. this, this Damien tries to fight this demon. That's that once it merges with Connor Hawk, it'll be unstoppable. So he's trying to stop it. But basically, the, the demon's like poisoned or not poisoned, but like he's like radioactive to the touch. So every time he yeah. hits him, it's like ah, burning. <laughs> like you know, can't. Yeah, they can't. Uh, like him. Uh, Flatline tries to do her her whole uh, heart gimmick. Well, we'll, we'll get and, to that in a second because yeah. what I want to say before we get to that though is I think the highlight of this issue is that we finally see Ghost Alfred's face. Because Damien's down, he, st- he thinks he's losing, he thinks he can't do it, and Alfred says, hey, you know, what was your dad's, like, first step of being Batman, right? And he, he, he you know, Damien kind of recounts a little bit of year one, and... That, that's my only real problem with this issue, because I actually love most of this well, issue. Well, let me finish the, the, the thing, though. Yeah, so, finish the thought. Right, so he, he recounts year one, talks about, you know, getting a Robin, blah, 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 and then Alfred says, no, 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 but that wasn't the first thing he did. And then it's, you know, it's actually him ringing the bells, what he's referring to is the ask first thing he help. did to become Batman was ask for help. And that's like his motivation to then say, hey, everyone, let's actually fight him together, maybe, not just me on my own. And that's what convinces him to actually yeah. form the little team with all the other teens and, uh, you know, yeah. Ravager and so on. Yeah. yeah. So, no, I really um, like that as a motivation. I like, so- I like that callback and, and like, the idea that he's comparing his journey to like a prominent moment in Batman's history, I think, is a neat touch because it yeah. feels very Damien to do that. I I so, really like it. I really don't think we needed three pages of here's year one. So but, while, I mean, while I understand, yeah. I do feel like it plays with our expectation that like we don't need to see like I don't need to see this moment again. I don't need to see the the Waynes getting murdered in Crime Alley again. However, the recontextualization of him ringing the bell, and that's his first act yeah, as Batman. I, I think the justification love that. for having a couple of pages of that is that the point is, is that Damien skips over it and goes down further down into the like, bat yep. lane, and then Alfred's, no, 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 go back. You've skipped yeah. over the important no, but part. This is what I mean. There are three pages before it gets to the bit with the bell. So I think I think that can be condensed down to one page. I think you, you need mm. the moment with the, the bat, sure. And you need mm-hmm. some dialogue explaining that, that he's skipping over that part. You need, you know, some part of the story. Yeah, you, but you, I think you, you can condense this down to one page instead of three. Yeah, you you definitely need the page like when he goes in past that, and like you see, oh, he's fighting all the rogues gallery, yeah. and he's got Robin, blah blah blah. I think you need all that. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, okay, you save two pages there, but then I suppose the 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 question is then, okay, what do those two pages get used for in this issue? More, more demon. <laughs> yeah, even if it is just more of the fight and have more yeah. fun action as opposed to sure, yeah, okay. You know, just two yeah, pages I... of a story we've all read a hundred times in probably a thousand different books. Right, and so, but that's I do I don't mind it here because it is like it's Damien fixating on his dad's journey and how you know 
he's not his dad, and that's what he's constantly fighting against. Yeah, and but, I, I love when he makes this choice, though. Uh-huh. Like, as he draws with his own blood, <laughs> he draws mm-hmm. the R on his chest, his bare chest, and you've got the ring like effect, like the, the, the text mm-hmm. in between the panels as he's like, you know, building up to like shouting on the rest of them. I think yep. it doesn't, I mean, ultimately this issue boils down to being the moment he decides to like not be a solo fighter and like say, I'm right. going to like work with other people. Um, right. So it feels like a good moment of growth. Um, and I think if, if you're compared to Batman Year One, well, obviously this is not as important as Year One, it's not as influential, blah, blah. Uh, to I think you. <laughs> Shut up, Matt. But I, I think, um, bringing that into the, the equation is like you know a conscious thing of saying hey we're trying to actually give damien like some proper like progression in his character with this and maybe this will be like a milestone for him in the future where we look you know it's like, it'll be a post this run where damien's now this oh, version of damien i think this is this is the moment where he's coming back to the family because yeah for a long time now he's been off doing his secret prison he's kind of te- i think technically he still had the robin name but he's not been robin right he yeah. hasn't no, worked he with was... batman in years at this point Right, he he was Damian Wayne. Uh, right. That was wearing Robin costume, and well, it was because of all that guilt, right, of of causing Alfred's death. Right. So here, you know, now he's already had the Robins come and help him, right, and so he knows he's part of the family, and now he is choosing that. Like, it's funny that this is on an island because it's showing that Damian himself is not an island; that he is, you know, just as tied in. To these people, even if these are murder teens, right? He has much more to do with them than he does, you know, the La- League of Lazarus or whatever. Yeah, um, I so, think yeah. It's, it's very telling. Like, you know, he has that moment where, like you say, he's put the R on his chest in his blood mm-hmm. and the eye mask as well, which is a bit weirder, but sure, whatever. <laughs> um, I think it's very what He stands up. He says, "No, oh, I am Robin." And Robin in, in the lettering it uses the logo. It's very, it's yep. big. It's a big bubble that says this. Mm-hmm. It's a statement of. Not just, oh, you know, he's Robin, you know, obviously the book's called Robin. He's been Robin the whole time, but it's a statement of intent of, no, he's actually Robin again now, as opposed to just Damian Wayne. Right. So and, yeah. and we'll even probably though... see him back with Batman at some point in the near future. Yeah. Um, and, and even though he had the Teen Titans, right, or he had his team of at the secret prison or whatever for the time that we weren't reading, he really kind of wasn't a team player. And now I do feel like this is his, you know, maturation even even at the start of rebirth when he had teen titans like properly Mm -hmm. it was he very much like enforced it on the rest of them and it wasn't really much of a it's been a recurring thing it wasn't a team it was or he he didn't want a team to be a part of he just wanted a group to be the leader of yeah yeah Yeah. he he wanted to be and whereas here here this is him admitting he actually needs help that he actually needs teamwork to make this this happen and so it feels like he's inspiring them to like fight aside him, which is very different and a, a lot more, you know. So it's one of those things where obviously all this wasn't planned out back when we were getting you know those OK Teen Titan books into the the mm-hmm. one that we stopped reading. But it does kind of like retroactively make the time where he was going through that phase sort of like not matter, but like it's using it in a, a smart way now in the it's current good, story. Yeah. Good writers in comics continuity do is where they take ideas of things that were yeah okay this was okay this is fine but it, instead of just pretending that it didn't happen instead of just literally wiping it out of existence in a lot of cases and, and just retconning it away it'll yeah. take it and use it to make a better future yeah uh, yeah and that's, what, building that's on... what this is doing now it's it's what we're talking about like with nightwing it doesn't pretend that the the rick grace and stuff didn't happen mm-hmm. but it's more okay now dick is back in control and it's his life again 
where does he build after being I mean, I, I don't think it's black and white where that's always the better choice. I, I do think it's case by case where sometimes yeah. things are screwed up beyond repair that you just have to you, hit a reset I, button. But For me, yeah. that's always Power Girl, right? Like, <laughs> for, the, for the longest time, she was just Karen Star. She, you know, had this completely vague origin, but then they go and make her Supergirl of Earth 2, and then you try to tie her into the Superman, and it's just like them trying to tie her into past things just made it worse. And sometimes you just need that clean slate. Versus here with Damien, we know he's a little shit. Oh yeah, that's, did, did, that's the thing here. Damien was never yeah. ruined in any way no. where he was he was irreparable. Well, you know, like... exactly. And so for for Williamson to go through and be like, no, this is him actually maturing as a you know young you know young man to to realizing that you got to ask for help. You're not just going to be by yourself. And you know him him rounding up all these guys. And you know, kind of being his father's son here, right? Yeah, like, and they, they use a, a chain to pop off the demon's head and a glorious page where it splishes yeah. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I do love the, the... After he defeats the demon, my... It's just... Williamson weaponizing the tut. Oh, yeah. Like, he like when, when, Mother's soul comes out, what have you got to say yeah. for yourself? And he's just like, tut. <laughs> I, yeah. I love it. Oh, okay. Um, also, can uh, I just uh, say, Pete said Sploosh twice this this episode now, yes. uh-huh. and I've been watching a lot of Archer recently, and Sploosh has very di- a very specific connotation in that show. So every time Pete says it, it's like I have to reset what he actually means. Oh, I mean, no, I mean, I I am fully aware that Sploosh has connotations of of uh, of jizz, but uh, I'm okay with that peeking into the your mind. I remember yelling at Rob on Twitter for using Sploosh for everything. I was like, stop, it's gross. <laughs> I get it. You like something. You don't need to comment. Sploosh. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah so it was a bit tacky to anytime you like something to imply that it gave you an orgasm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like it, everything in moderation, especially Sploosh. Right, like yes. keep your splooshed yourself. Hydrated you are, I suppose. I mean, I, I, I obviously use sploosh. It's just in the visual of a lot of liquid, you know, hitting yeah. Which, a wall or something. I also love you know, the, the design effect. of the of the Lazarus <laughs> demon. Was until it it possesses Connor Hawk, it is just like Lazarus juice. Yeah, it's not blood. Around. It's Lazarus like just that splooshes. Yeah. yeah. So I do like that too. I like how we've gone with Lazarus juice. So we could have gone with Lazarus liquid for some alliteration, but no, uh, Lazarus juice. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, when you get to dance for Z, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. It's Lazarus juice. Well, I'm not reading that. They, so. Because they dress yeah. up with Lazarus juice. Yeah. So like, come on, it's, yeah. It works. Yeah. So, but um, th- this ended up going somewhere that I was not expecting. Oh, yeah. This had a wild ending that yeah. sort of came out of nowhere. This, this took, because I've been enjoying this book. Um, mm. I would say, Probably not as much as Matt has, but overall, <laughs> enjoying it. Matt, Matt's been splishing, is what you say. <laughs> yeah, I am saying that. Um, it's been solid. Yeah. The ending of this book, and go, oh, so that's what this book, we can do different things after this opening arc. It's got more to say beyond just, oh, yeah. a, oh we're doing the Lazarus tournament. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I do hope we come back to this team of characters that he's befriended, yes. and they become a factor again, but clearly this next little arc that we're going to do is going to be... So Damien gets transported to the desert and then we come to realize as he interacts with someone that he's actually went back in time because he's interacting with a young Razal ghoul who's there with his wife and his mother yeah. <laughs> uh, who's trying yeah. to find uh, uh, what does it say? What are you looking for? He's, he's just trying to find the, the, the city I think. The city, yeah. Right. Um, 
Which this is this is Roz before he's Roz, right? This is when he's because because yeah. Roz all goes yeah. kind of a title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I would assume we might see Roz's discovery of the Lazarus, the Lazarus. Yeah. potentially is because correct if I'm wrong, this has to be a fairly short like one or two issue thing because yeah. we've got the crossover coming up. Yeah, so I suspect this, which I'm actually kind of happy about. I don't know if I'd want to get like a six-issue arc where Damien's in the past like this. I think there's been a couple issues is a bit think, more appealing. I think we can have maybe three issues if if my yeah. timing's correct in my head as to when yeah. this ties into with the the other books. But yeah, well, I'm curious to see like why Mother Soul sent him here specifically. Like, you know the 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 motivation well, for this particular I, trip. I do like how she's she's monologuing. She's talking about how. You know, the whole reason to bring the demon, to raise the demon here is to just burn everything and start again, where she talks about her son thought just population control. We can, you know, just take out portions of the population and that's how we'll save the earth. But she's like, no, he's not going far enough. So I'm wondering if this is kind of to, you know, to show where that comes from and see that there's maybe still some good in Ra's al Ghul versus her. Um, you know, I don't know. Ah, uh, well, that was a fun issue. I, I think the character progression for Robin's good. The ending's a fun kind of like, oh, what the hell are they doing now? Yeah. Kind of reveal. And, but not in a way where I'm, I'm worried that it's going to take away from like the main kind of like vibe of the book for too long. Uh, so, but yeah. So especially since, you know, this book, you know, he's encountered Raz already. He's been talking mm-hmm. to, you know, Alfred, to, you know, in essence, uh, you know, to himself. His uh, two grandfathers. Yeah, a lot of this is definitely Damien kind of, like, Damien's going to be the character that we use to explore the history of the, the Al Ghul kind of, like, history and family line going Makes forward. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the book's definitely delving into that and that's kind of neat. So. It's just exciting to see the plans after the first arc because this book was always billed as that's what this book is mm-hmm. rather than this is the first story of an ongoing book. And, not that I had, you know, doubts in Williamson's ability, but more mm-hmm. just we had no idea what to expect after the Lazarus tournament. Yeah. So yeah. cool. All right. Uh Matt, were you given Robin issue eight? Eight point five. Or nine, sorry, issue nine. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, eight eight point five. Eight point five. Uh Connor? I'm actually gonna give an eight point five as well. It probably would have been a nine if you'd kind of taken out a couple of those pages and, you know, dedicate them to the fight or something else. <laughs> Uh, really solid eight for me. Uh, the average on a Cobit Roundup is eight point five. So hey, so Matt's just average. Yeah, <laughs> he's true. one of the people. <laughs> me, me too. <laughs> yeah, but it bothers Matt more. Yeah, yeah but notice what me, it bothers me with Connor being ginger. It's just like yeah, I want to be a normal person too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, this isn't being average. This is validation. So yeah, that's based on eleven reviews. It's funny how obviously this isn't syncing up because I think you know we were super positive on Action Detective, which were a little bit yeah. not not low, but they were a little bit lower. Uh, I'm just looking here; they've got Superman seventy eight issue five, an average of nine based on eight reviews. So some people are loving that book. The people reviewing I'm that are loving it. By that. Mm. As Venditti doing a Superman book, I, I expect that people would enjoy yeah. that. All right. Task Force Z, issue three, Matthew Rosenberg writing with Eddie Barrows on the art, i.e. Connor's favourite book. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, so... Deadshot technically killed Jason at the yep. last issue. But, you know... 
Yeah, but it is. The, the, the book's premise is that they can just wake him up, so it's, it's fine. Uh, they, they shoot him up with some Lazarus juice. How many times is Jason Todd going to die and be revived by Lazarus? <laughs> like, if this is just an ongoing as long as this book keeps going, because um, that's where his origin is right now, right? Is that the, the Talia had his dead body thrown into the to the Lazarus pit and uh, for him to be resurrected to mess with Batman, but he went his own way. Um, and now he's just constantly being revived by the, the Lazarus juice. Yeah. Uh, so Deadshot comes in uh, and Jason gets a little defensive, but they can, they, they can have a heart to heart talk about the fact that he's effectively on a suicide squad again. Uh, mm. Deadshot's not super happy about it. And is like you know like you're saying that they won't give me more of this Lazarus just if right. I don't cooperate anymore instead you know, instead of the, the you know the kill switch in the neck, and he's like you know that that's them assuming that I wouldn't rather just waste away and die <laughs> than right. than this because you know I mean he spent a lot of his life like you know, in Suicide Squad you know Deadshot was kind of a staple of that for a long time yeah yeah so uh, there's a bomb sense. in his neck and now now that bomb's gone and what does he do. You know? But uh, the main part of the issue, though, is that Jason catches uh, the the redhead. Uh, yeah, so I know her her beast name is Sundowner. Sundowner. I forget her name. Uh, yeah. It was like Hel- Helen, I want to say. Something like that. Let's see. Anyway. Uh, but she uh, like sneaks out and he falls her out and like hey we shouldn't do this. Have you have you ever heard of a vodka pizza slice, Matt? Is this a thing? Yeah, so that's a, there's a vodka sauce. So instead of just doing a regular tomato sauce, there's an Italian sauce called vodka sauce that, of course, uses vodka as a base. Um, so I'm sure it's a, a different tasting pizza. Well, I've never heard of it, but the typical, yeah, you know, like then you get vodka sauce um, pasta. So I'm sure it's that just sure. that base. Uh, I just you know because I've never heard of it, so I'm just imagining like them p- making pizza and just whipping out a bottle of vodka and starting to splash it with vodka. I'm like, that has to be disgusting. What are <laughs> no, you that's doing? called Russian pizza. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is like they bond a little bit. Uh, you know, Jason's theorizing who this you know mysterious Mister Crispin is. That's like you know behind yeah. the whole task force, and uh, but they're kind of bonding, talking about monsters. Um, but we find out a couple of pages later that this was actually an intentional ploy to sort of make Jason want to stick around. Like it was a manipulative uh, tactic. Uh, uh, her name's Hannah, by the way. Hannah, there you go. And we learn that like the demon. Like she's been living for you know at least a century, but something's up with the demon. That's what led her to Mister Crispin. And how much of this is true that we find out later? Who knows? Because it did feel like a manipulation that Jason does have a soft spot for kind of monsters, right? Like yeah. So yeah, it's actually and the idea that she's got two sides to her is actually kind of a foreshadowing mm-hmm. hint of who Mister Crispin is at the end. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, so it's an interesting little tactic that they're they're using her to try and keep Jason, like, wanting to stick around. And Jason, actually, when he talks to Crispin, who, who disguises his face, he's got the whole, like, you know, I, I, I'm i being interviewed in, like, a forensic files, but don't want my identity revealed, so I'm yeah, in shadow. Yeah, or, or, like, uh, or Dr. Claw on Inspector Gadget. Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he, Jason basically says, "Look, there's no point in sending out me out there with just complete zombies. They have to be more awake. So give them more juice." <laughs> basically, yeah. Um, so sure enough, they get a mission to get more Lazarus resin, which is being transported by a Cobra cult, and they show up. They have a, this big, was a big, big uh, one-page spread of the team jumping out. 
So you've got Man Bat, Deadshot, Bane, uh, Arkham Knight, Bloom. Yep. And uh, quite quickly into the fight, though, they all start feeling a bit iffy and they start like vomiting and dying. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, wait, why is, why is this not working? And he's like, wait, is this something to do with the Lazarus resin? And it's like, well, no, because Jason had some of that and he's fine. Whereas yeah. Bloom's not had any because Bloom's not dead and he's yeah. dying. Uh, and then Cheshire sh- jumps out and it turns out that she actually had all of uh, the Cobra like cult members like doused in poison. So they all got poisoned contact by them. Contact poison. Yeah. yeah. So, so we get a bit of a Cheshire and Jason Todd fight, uh, which I actually thought it flowed really well. Let's see that page where she jumps yeah. out and kicks. I thought it flowed yeah. through the dialogue really well uh, going down mm-hmm. the page. So yeah. that's neat. Um, but yeah, so she, she's been paid to protect the, the cargo and... Uh, you know, he he tries to whip out his, his Lazarus pills at one point, uh, but she knocks them out of his hand. But it wasn't for him. Uh, his whole plan was to knock some of these pills into Bane to wake up Bane again. Uh, and Bane crushes Cheshire and knocks her out. Um, probably my favorite part of this show was uh, this part after this, though, because it was referenced earlier on that uh, Jason has a problem with Bane. And yep. at the end of the issue, after this, Bane's sort of making a bit of small talk and says, hey, it was your idea to give us more just right. You know, this is the first time I felt alive since, you know, all this started. And he sort of thanks him for it. And then Jason, like, rips out some of his tubes and he says, do you know why I'm doing this? Right before he kicks him off the, the roof of this building. And Bane just says, Alfred Pennyworth. And he kicks him off. And it's like, I'm not going to lie, that felt kind of good. <laughs> yeah. Like so, as as far as putting me in Jason's shoes and making me want him to do the the you know the kind of the, the asshole mm-hmm. thing, they did a good job of like making that work. So, oh yeah, and he just he just boots him off the thing and watches him fall and puts his mask on. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, B- yeah. Bane's gone. By Bane's the way, gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something's happened to Bane. Uh, yeah. I think what was important about this issue between this scene, uh, especially after we see him be manipulated is that this is very much about Jason like having some agency. Cause so he does this with yep. Bane and he sneaks off to meet Mr. Crispin at the end. So you get this great reveal at the end that it's actually Two-Face. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that, that was a, that was a fun moment. I thought, I thought the, the art as Jason is revealed to be standing next to the window looked quite cool, mm-hmm. uh, which is yeah. the, 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 the low light of the, the you know, the, the moon or so, whatever it is. So throughout this book, we, we've been getting how there's two sides to everything. There's, there's, right. there's two uh, scientist ladies. There's two of them. Yeah, there's Amelia and Delia, right? And the whole point with Jason be like, well, which one am I talking to? Um, and then just the the duality of, of the Lazarus stuff, right? Like with Arkham Knight uh, in the last issue, and then even with Jason. So the fact that Mr. Crispin ends up being Harvey Dent, Two-Face, such a nice reveal and got me pumped. Like... Um, not that I was on the outs with this book, but this was like, I was like, I might read this in trade. And now I feel like, no, this isn't every, you know, it's funny. Keep up to date. This was probably the you know, the lowest priority I had this week for reading, but mm-hmm. I was still glad I read it when I did. I still had a fun yep. time with the, the monster fights, the interactions. It, In fact, speaking on the uh, monster fights and the art, uh, Bane lifts up one of the Cobra guys mm-hmm. and he lifts up into the helicopter blade as it's spinning. And it's, yeah. it's just a, it's a glorious violent page <laughs> yes that's glorious Ma- master of violence bane i'm all about it uh mm-hmm. but it's a fun time i i i think it's just a, a nice pulpy read that 
compliments you know because detective and action are doing like great big like long arcs that are like hitting all these like high notes it's kind of nice to have something like this that's uh a bit more just fun underneath mm-hmm. the surface and the fact that it's again continuing the trend of jason it, todd being bearable is just a yeah you know um what, what gets me too is like i always have a soft spot for books like this where it was like secret six where it's like it's not the greatest thing i'm reading but it's one of the things that i i want to read every time like i would get excited for it or like demon knights back in the way or back in the day um that's how i'm feeling about this book now hmm. all right what are you giving it um i'm gonna do this uh 7.5 uh yeah i agree with 7.5 uh average on comic roundup is 8.2 based on nine reviews so that's reviewing really well i mean it's, it's worth mentioning that dc as a whole like because they color code it and they're all green except three books mm-hmm. uh the three books that are not in the green so i don't know what the what number it changes to to yellow but uh aquaman green arrow deep target is at a 5.8 justice league 70 is at a 6.1 and teen titans academy is at a 7.4 everything else is in the green so i wonder if it follows the same as ron tomorrow's where it's like 75 so in this case 7.5 We talk about run tomatoes is you're you're rotten once you're under sixty percent. Uh, yeah, um, I think Metacritic changes. You're thinking of Metacritic, yeah. Yeah, thinking of Metacritic. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe it's a bit I mean, it's kind of it seems the website's pretty based on Metacritic as a idea. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. So this is it's interesting. Um, so cool. Uh, that was uh Task Force Z issue three. Deathstroke Inc. Issue four. Joshua Wilson writing with Howard Porter on art. Take it away. Um, so I was loving this book. Oh, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> this oh, feels like one. two issues of content shoved into one and it's really messy. I really like the first third of this book. Uh-huh. You know about the, the Dinah and Slade stuff? Yep. And then once they get back to the trust base. And then I'm like, what exactly was real? So I read this digitally. And I felt like I was missing pages. Um, it, it does a whole thing where, so it goes through a whole scenario of them being found out, and and mm-hmm. then they're attacked, and then there's a a reveal that maybe Doctor Destiny was you know projecting stuff into their minds that it was ultra, and then and there's like oh but this is real, and by the end of this issue, I'm not actually sure what happened and what didn't. Right. Like I legitimately don't know. Well, especially. And I don't think it's meant ends. to be ambiguous. I don't think it's meant to be at all, you know, yeah. fi- you know, find out what really happened because it ends on a completely different cliffhanger to any of that. Yep. So um, at the end of the last issue, we find out that, you know, that Dinah's working with Oracle to um, basically pull the mask off of Trust because we find out that the lady running Trust is a new version of Libra. And we kind of get a history of Libra that they kind of want to bring balance and the one interesting thing here is as it looks like it's going to play into um, Infinite, not Infinite Frontier, the other one, uh, Just League Incarnate, is it seems like Libra wants to bring balance to the multiverse, and that's why she's doing this, and that the last Libra sold out for Darkseid and tipped the balance. Um, and so here she is trying to use trust for whatever means, which I, I'm not sure exactly how she's going to do it through a shadowy government organization right when when you have dark side out here trying to wreck the multiverse with the great darkness 
and, and whatnot. Um, but so when, when Canary and Slade come back after they've been fighting and whatnot, she just <laughs> really reveals herself and says, because they have to go find Dr. Destiny, who's using the Moonstone to steal nightmares again. But then the um, Legion, Legion of Doom, Doom show up and start causing chaos, which they freeze. Um, Kevin Cold freezes Slade and then um, who smash or Grodd um, smashes him to bits. And, and whatnot. And it's it's really a mess. And then it's revealed that that's Canary starts fighting back. It ends up being Dr. Destiny and Prometheus. And yeah, it, yeah. which which was always a good chuckle because uh, right. now whenever I see Prometheus, I, I just hear the music from Arrow and I get a, a little laugh. Oh, man. I was thinking about how he was, uh, he took out the Justice League, but didn't wear a cup. So uh, uh, a whip to the nuts from Catwoman is what brought him down. Um, so he, so Prometheus transports him to the ghost dimension, which is, you know, the Phantom Zone. And, and from what I gather here, because so Canary, when she fights back, mm-hmm. it's Deathstroke that reacts that oh, and he's like, oh, I was trying to snap you out of it. And all right. of this is projections from Dr. Destiny. Right. So whoever she was fighting took the form, took on, she was fighting Deathstroke, thinking she was fighting someone else, and she gave him the full blast of the canary cry. Yeah. Which, when we see him pull off his helmet, his ears are bleeding, he's not in good shape, and... But none of this was real, including the stuff with Libra? I don't know. Because Libra's not there in her arms after she kind of, like, vanishes. But no, Libra, that stuff, but Libra's still there because she's in the full suit when she shows up with Dr. Destiny, and... She comes in after, right? Right. So, like, um, I don't, I don't think any of that stuff with Libra happened. Right. Uh, and then earlier in the book too, we see that Deathstroke and Cheetah, they they talked, and that basically Libra's coming after all these villains that were part of the Legion of Doom, and that she's offering them a deal, you know, to join her or be taken out, and that's where Deathstroke comes in because when you turn her down, sends Deathstroke, and then led to trust and all this, but. Uh, the the book ends with with Deathstroke seemingly dying uh, in in the ghost uh, zone. Um, yeah, they're in the crooked house in the ghost zone, which yeah is kind of like a multiversal blank spot. It seems it's like all, all yeah. white, and it's just like a, a crooked house floating on a rock. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, so at first this book was just a fun pulpy canary Slade book. Now I don't even know what it is. And usually I'm a Howard Porter fan. Some of the art in here was was not good. Yeah, I, I've um, never been huge on Howard Porter, so that's always been something I've had to overcome yeah. on this book. Like I don't hate his work. It's yeah tolerable, but I like him significantly less than most people do. Yeah, uh, but, but here a lot of the faces seem really off. It seems rushed. Even like it's a fine line to do the whole bait and switch dream type stuff. And yet here it just left us actually confused because it seems like Connor lines up. Yeah. What like I, I actually think happened I know, what but I'm didn't... not entirely certain. Right. And um, I think like this book last issue was this fun fantasy romp with Deathstroke riding a unicorn and yep. it was fun. And then this issue, I'm like, I, I do not like this. Like what 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 is going on here? Yeah. And I'm concerned because I feel like I'm kind of locked in annoyingly because mm-hmm. it's crossing over with everything else that Williamson's yeah. writing. Right, I mean, so... I'm, I'm sort of follow to see where these threads go, but I hope that there's a little bit more 
Because again, it feels like this was two issues worth shoved into one, whereas we, we could have gotten the whole I Libra. My concern, well, that's the thing with all that Libra stuff. Like, if none of that was real, which I'm standing, maybe it's not. We wasted a lot of this issue. Yeah. So, whew. But yeah, um, just rough art, rough storytelling. Did not make for a fun read. Um, no. Yeah. So, um, I'm I'm gonna give it a six point five. I I just I love that rough art, rough storytelling. <laughs> not a fun read. Six point five. Um, I I echo all of those sentiments, and I'm going to give it the more appropriate score for those sentiments of a four. Interesting. Average rating on Cowboy Roundup is seven point nine. Based on six reviews. <laughs> Guess who's closer? <laughs> you said you were upset about being close at the start, Matt. Why are you suddenly... Yes, I know, but how, <laughs> how am I supposed to laugh at Connor if I can't weaponize things? It's okay, sure. sure. See? All right. <laughs> I don't care until it hurts Connor. Then, then I care. <laughs> oh, honestly, I, I relate now, Matt. Honestly. I yeah, can, see, yeah. I get it. you get it. I get that. I was like, well, not hurt by that. I'm just confused because... <laughs> yeah. Even Matt didn't clearly didn't actually enjoy the issue that much, despite yeah. his six point five. Ne- nearly an eight. Is how many? How many? How many reviews high. was that? Only six, eight. which notably is the yeah. lowest out of any of the books that we've talked about. Eight. The six reviews. Um, I mean, Weird Science was the lowest with a six point five, which is the same as Matt. Uh, our biggest competitors, as far as DC Comics podcasts go. <laughs> um, uh. Dark Knight News, give it a 7, but then you get into the, some other ones that are going up higher. Baffling. Yeah, I don't know how reputable these places are, but... Uh, <laughs> um, but hey, intre- it's, inter- it's an interesting comparison. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're going to find out that everyone's just far too positive on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> as, we, as we check this. That doesn't this. sound right. No. I know, it sounds like the opposite of what it should be. But... It'll be, it'll be far too positive unless there's like a gay character or something and then it'll be far too negative and it'll be like, yeah. oh, come on. That was the what I'm learning is we need to publish written things so we can get on this and drag the average down. That's an idea. <laughs> can, someone trans- can, can someone transcript our reviews so we can publish it as written work <laughs> with a score? <laughs> oh, boy. I, I'm assuming you have to have it as a written piece of work to get it to count. Is why I'm saying that. <laughs> I was assuming so, and also you can only really pick one person's. It's like this is the score we're giving. Well, we, could, it. we could do an average of three. Just do an average, yeah. Yeah, yeah you could do an average. Yeah, Kirk Connor always dragging it down, obviously. But <laughs> hey, I gave a book higher than you did earlier. I'm sure. <laughs> I think that was great English on your part. I gave book higher than you did. I gave a book higher than you did. Earlier. I didn't hear the A. It sounded a bit stilted. Well, that's your problem. No, nah, maybe your mic is the problem. The English was fine. The, this this mic is perfectly good. Ah, uh, okay. That's why it's like a chipmunk in the annual episode. That was drivers check, on the sound card. That was unrelated to the mic. Check, check it out, everyone. There's a, there's a bonus segment at the end. You can hear Carter's mic sound silly. to the microphone. The sound <laughs> card. The lollipop field. I think I won that argument. Okay, let's move on. I disagree. <laughs> hey, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just laughing at I think I won that argument. I disagree. <laughs> Alright. Uh, DC versus Vampires, issue three, James Tyron the fourth, and Matthew Rosenberg writing with Otto Schmidt on the art. Oh, Otto. 
Uh, I will just say this this was a tragedy uh, in, in the best way. Oh, sure. Uh, okay. I felt emotions through this well, whole book. I, I mean, I, I will say, I will say, right, I'm, I'm going to slightly nitpick at Schmidt's art, just a touch, uh-huh. is that I do feel like as the book went on towards the end, like, I think there's a scene towards the end where Justice League meet up. Mm-hmm. I felt the art, feel, I don't want to say sloppy, that doesn't feel right, but mm-hmm. it felt like there was less detail than it has, yeah. I, I typically associate with Schmidt's work. So it, I, I, it was more like a, a, a sketch for your sketchbook. Yeah, to, to the point, like, I, I honestly thought there was a fill-in who was mimicking his style as opposed to it still being Schmidt at the end, which maybe sounds harsh. I don't mean it to sound too harsh because it still it still looks Schmidt-esque, but yeah, you know, I, I felt a bit of a change uh, mm-hmm. towards the end of the book. I don't, I don't know if yeah, Carter's scowling at me. So uh, I... no, I'm I'm just trying to figure out what what maybe it could be. Uh, I'm just because I I don't know if there is less detail. I'm looking at it now because I don't think Schmidt as the the most detailed artist in the world. I, I tend to maybe find maybe detail's his, not the right his poses and expressions tends to be what makes something and I'm fairly loose inks as well. It I tends think, to be what I relate to him as. And so I think part of it might be that the colouring in that just like meeting is so bright and colourful versus the shadowier world of Gotham that a lot of the book is in, or even the Dolly and yeah. Dana stuff, which feels like you know classic Green Arrow rebirth stuff. Um I just, I just, No, but like even once he gets to the the Hall of Justice, I see what Pete's talking about. It it does change from look at that Ollie and Dinah scene looks straight like it came from you know Green Arrow yeah right from from the Percy run that we all love to to this where it feels like he was definitely on a deadline for two pages. I'm not dis- disputing that it looks different. I'm just trying to figure out what it actually is because I don't think it is detail. Oh, maybe I've misdiagnosed no, no. it, but like you know, I, yeah. I I'm definitely seeing something different because it stuck out to me enough that I checked to see if it was just him in the whole book. I, I think it might be the colours. To be honest, mm-hmm. they might be a little brighter. They they look maybe a little flatter. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the the book starts off with the crime scene where where Barry died, and that that scoundrel Hal is like gaslighting around, sort of making it all seem like they're working Hal, together. Hal's doing the uh, the shooting meme of. Who could possibly have done this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and of course, Batman's just being quiet and saying, I don't wish to share any of my, what I think yet. And it's always, yeah, because he's, he's, on to, he's on to you, Hal, you prick. He's on to yeah. you. <laughs> Which, the rivalry between Bruce Wade and Hal Jordan is something I'm 100% here for. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's fun stuff. Uh, and there's a lot of Gotham stuff in this issue that we cut back and forth to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Batgirl chasing after Ratcatcher, but there's a vampire. Yeah. Oh, sorry. A uh, big, big couple months for the character of Ratcatcher, who oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't recall showing up in books. And then it, it definitely feels like a, a post Suicide Squad thing where people have gone, oh, people will recognize that name now. We'll throw it yeah. yeah, right. But it's also a good look because of the whole gas mask, you know, oh, yeah, grunginess. Great. Yeah, I'm, I'm not opposed yeah. to it. So, yeah, and a very different, obviously, Batman the Imposter of Ratcatcher, very different, yeah. different take on the character. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But. Yeah, so it's so always like, oh no, don't make Babs a vampire, don't. And then luckily, just as she's about to get bitten, uh, Nightwing uh, comes out. Although, I have to say, like, uh, Babs, like, holding it. I mean, it's not actually quite a stake, I don't think, but it looks like a stake when she's, like, it's just right when he gets staked from behind from Nightwing. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh man, like, you're, making, you're turning ba- uh, Batgirl into Buffy here, and it's giving me, <laughs> it's giving me the feels. <laughs> in, in, other words, in other words, sploosh. <laughs> yeah, sploosh. <laughs> Well, that's a splishing. Me off on this issue is I, I swear on Twitter at some point in the last week or so, 
I saw a panel of Babs as a vampire. It's a, it's a cover. It's one of the covers, I think. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because whatever, because I was like, because I actually hadn't read issue two yet either, so mm. I had to read issue two before this. And I was like, so you, you, oh, you I actually got so I, yeah, I was like, oh, where is it? And and because uh, I like, I read issue two, which had the scene of you know Bruce testing them all. And I was yeah. like, yeah, so she's not a vampire here. I don't think the covers, especially the variant covers, are necessarily indicative of who's actually going to become yeah. a vampire. It's just a bit of fun, which is fine. Yeah. But I right. didn't realize. It's like the zombie it, covers. I, I, don't, for... I don't even remember what the image was. I just as I started reading the issue, or I think it was as I got to that scene with all the Bat Family yeah. in issue two, where I was like. Didn't I see a Babs she, image? I mean, she makes something in my head. Obviously, she may still become a vampire, but it's not happened right. as of yet. Um, I love uh, Ratcatcher complaining that Nightwing and Babs are flirting. Yep. <laughs> it's like, can you just like, take me in or do whatever you're going to do? Like, I think the fact that his arms are folded as he's sitting there on the ground just kills me. <laughs> yeah, there's a gang of vampires hunting and eating criminals all over the city. Yeah, yeah. it's good stuff. Uh, and then we go to the sewers, but Batman is looking for for traces of of Zan in the sewer system. <laughs> he finds one for sure. Oh, he does. Just uh, the one. And yeah. you know, Jaina comes down. She's upset, and she wants to feel like she's been helpful. She wants to be involved in and in, you know finding uh, her brother or finding the culprit. Um, and what what Joel about this though is a bit. <laughs> Batman establishes. That he was turned into a liquid of some kind because of like how he was left in the drain pipes or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, but how can he turn into water without me? Like twin powers and all that jazz. And all I'm thinking, giant blender, <laughs> giant blender. <Yeah. laughs> Which he brings up by, you know, that it took her really hard to be able to liquefy bones. It takes, uh, you know, metal harder than we have here. Uh, which mean it had to be made from light, and it's, just, it's yeah. a really good detective moment from Batman. Yeah, he's, he's putting things together. Uh, obviously, we see Penguin being chased by some vampires. Uh, runs into Zatanna, who turns out to already be a vampire herself. Uh, so that's all super dark. This this was very, uh, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's, I don't think it's a, like. Of course, some of this is going to casually remind me of American Vampire at times, mm-hmm. uh, but. I think the gangs of vampires. I think I guess because Penguin, like a lot of the old vampires in the early American vampire stories, are kind of Look, they're kind of like Penguin. They're kind of like yeah. the rich, like fat guys. So like kind of Victorian uh, style. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Uh, so I got a little vibe of that. Uh, then we have the scene where Wonder Woman is at the, the crime scene where Barry died, and Hal shows up and he, again. He tries to gaslight, and he tries to kind of like almost manipulate her by saying, "Hey, Barry had a crush on you. We all kind of do. You're like a goddess." and I love that Diana does not fall for a second of this, and she immediately wraps him in the lasso and like gets him. He revealed that he's a vampire, and and she says something really. This is like you know, I thought I lost one friend today, but I've actually lost two. And it's like, damn, you hit, hit me. But then it reveals that the vampire hypnosis will work even with the lasso on, and he gets Wonder Woman. I was so mad. It, it makes sense because there's no reason it should, right? You know. So prevent hypnosis because he's he's saying what he believes to be the truth still, yeah right yeah right and that's what he talks about is that's the thing with hypnosis is it's not a lie it's revealing vulnerabilities and i think of and, course earlier on we we you know babs almost got bit and she was saved at the last second so you're kind of hoping for it again at this point but it doesn't happen this one no we lose I don't think it's important. Like you have to lose characters in this book otherwise oh, you lose the stakes you do but it's like i had questions with wonder woman being that she is a goddess would whatever Whatever form these vampires are, would would that be able to infect Diana? 
right? Paroso? Like, yeah, well, that's what we're finding out at the right. end, because I was like, what, what if he goes to bite her and his teeth can't sink in? Yeah. Right? Yeah, so, I think, and also the other thing is, you know, between the Bat family and, you know, Ollie and Dinah, is that we're putting ourselves into a position where all characters who are going to have to fight the vampires are mostly going to be the ones without powers, which just makes for a better mortals. story, you know? Yeah. Puts them on the, the vulnerable side, it makes them, like, have to fight harder. You know, it's just, it's just smart storytelling. Uh, in fact, Babs and, uh, not Babs, sorry, Dinah and Damien were into, they basically shop yeah. at Penguin's murder scene. And neither one believes the other one's not a vampire. <laughs> so, so they start fighting. Huh? And she steals some of Damien's blood to go and prove that, he, that if he's human or not. They just, they just need to carry around little bottles of holy water and just spritz each other. Yeah. You're good. Yeah, like a little spray bottle. You know when you're, like, yeah. you're done with the cleaning liquid, so you just put some spray in it for like casual use? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Put some holy like, water in it. They've definitely got enough powders on the belt to, to fit on a little bottle. Oh, just, for sure. Just a little one. Just, just enough to like, you know, get... But, you know, a couple of sprays yeah. out of at a time that you just like, all right, I can, I can check this person. Yeah. It's and not, it's holy not water tea, like oh, uh, sure. did. Yeah, yeah, that's a tactic. Uh, Batman dives out of the sewer and uh, finds a, a toe, I think it is. <laughs> just comically dark. I'm it sorry, is. it's all I can find. <laughs> I felt so bad for laughing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so Batman's sort of like getting that like whoever it is must have made it out of light. So he he's on the right track, uh, and then we go, we follow Babs to to Ollie and Roy and is, is it? Dinah. Keep saying Babs. Sorry, I keep saying Babs. Sorry. Bird, it's another bird. It's another bird. Yeah. It's, 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 it's yeah. the birds of prey. There okay? are a lot of birds. <laughs> All right. The, look, so Dinah goes to, goes to them. There's a running joke here where she doesn't know the password to get in. And but there's actually a really nice joke here where he's like, Yeah, but what if you turned into a vampire? And she's like, If I did know the password, I get turned into a vampire, I'd still know the password. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. Does that works in, in body switch movies, like like um pod people yeah. type. Yeah. Yeah. But not so much this, yeah. Yes. Uh so so they're basically debating like who to trust, maybe like the Bat family could be trusted. We're gonna to have to like try really hard and uh, figure out who you know. It was Robin acting weird. Well, he's already pretty weird, you know. Yeah, he, I love love how dismissive Ollie is of Damien. Yeah, yeah that's not an just he weird. weird. Yeah. Uh -huh. So and then we get to in fact, no, I was I was complaining about the art in the last couple of pages, feeling like it was like a fill in or whatever or rushed. Mm -hmm. Is that the other thing that I forgot about until I've looked at it again now is the sideburns on Superman. He's got like an Elvis haircut going. <laughs> Yeah, to match to match the sideburns on Hal, which fit oddly, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't that that, yeah. pa that panel at the bottom of that first page and that last scene. All I could think about was uh, like Elvis and a Superman. Yeah. Suit. I don't know. The weirder thing for me is Aquaman looking like he's floating. The very first panel. <laughs> I yeah. even noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's he doing? He doesn't fly. What's he doing? <laughs> I have to wonder if there was something about this page that got you know, got changed and they had to redo it. <laughs> do, do you know what? I'm so used to characters just floating into the Hall of Justice because, you know, it's yeah. the Justice League. They yeah. never even stopped to think, why is Aquaman floating in? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, the final page is that Wonder Woman is with Hal. She's clearly on his side now. Because now she's saying Batman killed Barry Allen. They're trying to turn the Justice League against Batman, so it puts Batman on the defensive, and they can presumably infect more of them uh, along the way. Yep. So. And then when Batman comes and says it was Hal, that they can. Uh, yeah, right. 
it looks doubt they've got a seed of doubt yeah. now to to yeah. go against that. So yeah, uh, smart issue. I I really liked all of yeah. the. I think building all of these various bat and like Green Arrow characters up who, because I mean it didn't have to go this way, but like I say, having all of the non-powered characters be the one who have to fight on like the army of vampires just makes it more like dangerous, more exciting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, especially if the sure. vampires still have the powers of the people that took over. I- I'm looking forward to a couple things, whereas when they start to argue why Batman's a vampire, and they just go, obviously, he's a bat, you know? <laughs> uh, uh. Also, if Superman doesn't get turned, because I don't, I don't know how a, a living solar battery becomes a vampire, right? Mm. Like, I feel like the moment they bite into him to try to turn him, you know, it, it's doom. So, but him... And being able to incinerate a vampire or two with heat vision, you know. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I, I, I think given that we've got this mistrust between certain characters right now, I wonder mm-hmm. if Babs and Dana are going to be the the ones who say, "No, we need to work together, you idiots!" Yeah. Like and sort of bring the two yeah. groups together. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's an actual link there. Yeah, Birds of Prey. Uh, I, was, I was trying to make that work with Buffy. The uh, Scooby Gang. Yeah, 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 but I was trying to do it with Birds of Prey, and I was I couldn't couldn't make it work. The Canary Gang, I don't know. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's a whole lot of fun, and and the art is was the whole. I mean, cut, cut, just cut. there's there's the way that that Schmidt like poses some of them, like mm. in at, at the diner at the end. It just there's something really dynamic about it that I can't really put my finger yeah, on. Yeah, honestly, it's just those last couple of pages in the hall yeah. just are a bit weak and weird. Yeah. Now I've noticed Aquaman flying. But yeah. uh, the rest of it looks great, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So if it's just a case of we had to like, rush out a couple mm-hmm. of pages to finish the book on time, then it's, yeah. it's a shame, but it's not like the end of the world. Yeah. It's almost like, ah, oh, you could have delayed it a week, but then you can see DC, it's not worth delaying a week for the sake of two pages. Uh, yeah, I mean, if they did change, like maybe it's the, the, he's already done the next, like, he's already halfway through the next issue. It's like, oh, you have to go back and like do two new versions of these last pages. And that's yeah. why it's a bit dodgy. I don't know. But hey, there's what it is. Hey, Matt, what are you rating DC versus Vampires issue three? Uh, yeah, it was an eight. Connor? Yeah, same. Yeah, I, I agree with the eight. Uh, average on Cobb, it round up is 8.7 based on 10 okay. reviews. So a lot of people reviewing that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Very cool. All right. Next up, Swamp Thing, Green Hell, Issue 1, Jeff Lemire and Doug Mankey. I haven't said Doug Mankey's name in a while, if you like, uh, on the yeah. show. Um, so this is a new Black Label Swamp Thing book, and I'm sure I read the solicit when they first like put it out, but I'd kind of forgotten that and just sort of went into this blind. Me too. Of... I was like, it's a Lemire horror Swamp Thing I, book. Yeah, I just knew Swamp Thing equals monster yeah. based off of the, the cover. I was not ready for what the story actually was. Yeah, because it's like a, it's almost like a, a water world esque like future mm-hmm. where most of the land is gone. There's like, you know, there's a few little islands here or there still surviving, which mm-hmm. is where our main characters are. Uh, so it's this dad and these little, well, not, not that little, but you know, his daughter, mm-hmm. uh, and they start out they're fishing, they don't catch anything, but it sets up the world that they're in, which is, uh, they don't have a lot of supplies. Uh, the world is mostly gone. Uh, there's a lighthouse with a mysterious old guy on it that they don't go near. Yep. So that's set up early on. Um, but you get this kind of community vibe when they come back home and there's the old guy who's friendly with them um, mm-hmm. who's been telling her all these crazy stories. 
like and they, they sort of use the this because they find like a golf club in the trash that they pick up when they're fishing yep and like it sets up the idea that only the adults know what this is because you know the idea of the game it, of golf it just doesn't exist anymore it, it reminded me of the dragon movie rain of fire when christian bell's telling the story of empire strikes back to the kids i've not seen that movie but i, uh, I get the, the context it, it is a whole lot of fun trash but yeah he's <laughs> he he's born as the dragons get resurrected and so he remembers empire strikes back so he's telling the story of of you know the, the white knight versus the black knight and he just goes and then the black knight tells the white knight i am your father and all the kids gasp <laughs> you know and that's what i was getting from from the vibes from this was this where... was he claiming it as his own was this like an andy dwyer like i'm going to recount the plot of rambo i i don't remember it's been I saw it, but it was like it was story time right okay. and so he's just telling the the, the story and Making sure that story gets told oh, to the next generation. That's the thing, like the, uh, the 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 not Beatles movie from a couple of years ago. Oh, yesterday. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I, I can remember what the name. Was. I knew it was one of their songs, but I was like, I don't remember which one. Uh, where obviously it was. You may like, say it was from. These are all my songs. You may say it was from yesteryear. Isn't oh, Lily James in that movie? So I feel like mm-hmm. I should see it, but I don't like the Beatles that much. So sure. I'm not like a giant Beatles fan. Uh, you, but, what, yeah, what, what, it's a what, solid movie. What that made me think of actually is uh, there's mm-hmm. that the the Stephen King miniseries 112263. Yeah. Uh, Franco goes back in time to the 60s, and it's pre The Godfather. So when he has to make up some backstory for his life, he just starts taking things from The Godfather. So he becomes Michael Corleone. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, oh wow. yeah, no one knows what this is yet. <laughs> you can just right. take from this. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's worth mentioning because before we even get to the swamp thing and the more you know supernatural stuff that gets mm-hmm. introduced later, is that they are here is wonderful. That's just you know Doug Mankey with all this sunset stuff and them out in the water and the docks and the island. It all looks gorgeous. It's detailed. Mm-hmm. It's expressive. Um, it sets up this villainous character who is actually the the brother-in-law of the main character, uh, because like you know the the wife had committed suicide some time ago because the world has just gotten so bad, and this brother-in-law he's this asshole who's he's basically a pirate who comes around and shakes mm-hmm. them down for 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 it supplies and food. Also and... reminded me of of um, Seven Samurai. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. You know, you know the roving gangs that show up and demand tribute. Yeah, and, and they're like this, my first thought as well. Yeah, they're like this Waterworld gang. We see later on their bases on like an, an old oil rig that they've sort yeah. of retrofitted or whatever. Which shows my thing that oil rigs are on a fixed point, right? So if everything started rising, water level started yeah. to rise, they wouldn't be. It's not like the oil rig floats. No, right. I, I agree. That's why I'm. Yeah. I'll give it a pass, though. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. Yeah, but it just it made me think about like I don't quite understand oil rigs. I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure there is like not oil rigs but i'm sure there is sort of mm-hmm. floating structures that would rise yeah. but i don't know what mm-hmm. they are right <laughs> but hey uh so water yeah. levels are rising every year um and you know so, so our main character here tries to like, stick up for himself but he like he gets this shit beat out of him uh the daughter sees a little bit of it it's, it's all very dour it's all very sad and then we transition uh to the red, the green, and the raw, and the parliament's debating about Earth, and basically saying, these human beings have effed up the planet, and they're ruining it for all of us. The raw, it's like, there's almost nothing left to, like, feast on, decay-wise. The red's right. pissed because so much life is gone, and the green, there's obviously, there's not a lot of places for green to thrive, right. if, if there's all water. So, they come to this conclusion, this really dark conclusion, where they're like, you know what, we have to, like, you know, the, the Earth will reset over time, things will get better again, but the humans have to go. 
So that's what they decide. Uh, so later that night, when the other humans that are on this island decide to go and try and strike back at the, the gang, uh, the, the, the main character wants nothing to do with it, but they're like, no, we're going to have some knives and guns. We're going to like, sh- basically give, give them payback. Um, when they go and do this, and the brother-in-law character in the green vest gets killed and knocked off the platform, when he falls into the water, which looks gorgeous, by the way, with the red and the dark water, mm-hmm. colouring is beautiful. Just, just share, you're talking about these colours in here. The sunsets. Uh, David Barron did the, the colours, not mm. Mankey. So I definitely okay. you know, deserve shouting out for that. Uh, but this is where the, the, the parliament says, yes, this is the one. And I'm like, wait, this villain asshole is going to be the swamp thing in this book? And I'm like, what, what is this doing? Um, yeah, I'm like, what is this book? That, that, that was my thought here. I was like, you know, when we got to this point, I'm like, oh, wait, we're turning a villain into like their evil swamp thing to like murder humans? Like, that's a pretty... In- and sure enough, like I love that they didn't do a two-page mm-hmm. spread until the reveal of this thing. See, when he comes out of the water, and it's this almost... Like, the mouth is very Nemesis from Resident Evil. Obviously, I thought of that. But it's also, like, a Venom version of Swamp Thing with mm-hmm. all the tendrils. It's, like, it proper evil. It's a bit evil. more man-thingy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so, which which makes me question, like, is this is not just a Swamp Thing, right? I know the green said, let me take I, I take think it, it is here. just a Swamp Thing, because um, okay. in the sense that the red are like, no, we can't intervene because uh, we can't you know, turn on ourselves with, okay. human, you know, they can't attack animal life, basically. Yeah, okay. humans are still part of the red, technically, so. And rock okay. can't do anything until they're basically already dead. Okay. They can't, you know. Because um, I, I was... think the idea here is this is the green, but it's without the humanity brought to it. Yes, it's using the human form, but it hasn't got the right. humanity brought to it by the person. No, yeah. that's fine. I just, because I read this part so late, like right before bed, I took it as the three. This was a creature of all three, right? Um... And and that's why it's so monstrous. I don't right? think so. Just, and no. I, but I, I would say, well, does, you guys are saying it makes much yeah. more sense. And I do think it does take something from the because I think that's why they pick him. They pick this asshole because right. like of who he is. Uh, so I, I think like there is a bit of an importance as to who they've picked, but uh, maybe. But it's not when I say it's not taking the humanity. I mean it's not taking the things we traditionally yeah. associate with Swamp Thing being with, benevolent. With, yeah, yeah, with like Alec, it, with Levi, with. The different it's ones not that taking we've seen these, these yeah. good qualities so, from these people. At this point, I'm thinking, wait, is this going to be like a survival book where Swamp Thing is evil? Like, that's a really interesting vibe that we're going with here. Yeah. Um. And at this point, the little the, the dad with these little girls is like, hey, you have to like go, you have to run. Yeah. And at this point, the Swamp Thing is like, you know, he's on the island. Another great two page spread. He's ripping bodies apart because he he's, he's got all these like you know he's he's uh tentacles. tentacles. Yeah. yeah, and like he's got like a, a part of a torso and the end of one. He's got like a leg at the end of another. Like it's proper brutal, uh, and it's all great. This, this is why this is a black label book. Yeah, and yeah. You, this dad character's helping the old man, and the old man goes to help the little girl, and mm-hmm. like they're trying to fight back. But just and this this was the part that made me think of uh, now it's because it's the mouth that makes me think of Nemesis from Resident Evil. You, you can see like the flesh mouth underneath mm-hmm. the the green sort of face, right? You can yeah. see. Kind of the, the teeth and the gums. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, he basically pokes this. Well, it isn't. He just poke her eye out. He it's it almost T one thousand esque with the with the green goes right yeah. through her eye through the back of her head. That's where yeah, he tries she, to shoot. Yeah, she shoots him. his eye. So instead of just regrowing an eye straight away, he regrows it through her face. Yes. Yeah. Uh. So super gnarly. All this stuff looks wonderful. Um. And the dad almost the, dies. Well, yeah. Doesn't say. They think they have him on the ropes, right? Is that this part? Uh, and then he just does the, the fun swamp thing, beat and switch, where he just curls another body far away. Yeah, that's, that's just coming up, because they basically yeah. the dad almost dies, and a couple of them mm-hmm. come up and help him. 
but yeah, he just goes on a complete turmoil. He's killing people left and right. Yeah. So the little girl runs to the boat with the the old man, and the old man, even though the dad was dead set against like ever getting involved with the lighthouse, the old man's like, no, the only the only chance we have is to go to that lighthouse. And so the old man, and the little girl, go to the lighthouse. And who is it? The man in the lighthouse, but old man John Constantine has been waiting i mean he didn't know it was going to be like the red and the green and all that he thought you know oh, maybe it'll be the apocalypse that comes eventually mm-hmm. to take earth but he's like okay but it's the parliament so th- there it goes right go go fetch me some of those weeds that are growing out of the rock and he does a quick spell and he awakens and brings back to life alec holland swamp thing and alec is pissed because he was like and you know he was in like, a, he was like know, i was out i was free I, I was in heaven or whatever the equivalent is he was yeah. he, he was he was at rest and the final page is just like, hey, you've got to fight the green for us. So this is so the premise of this book, which it takes the whole issue setting up, which I, I like because it, it makes mm-hmm. it all feel really big. But the premise of this book is that the parliament, with the other parliaments, have elected a new swamp thing who is who is there to kill what's left of the human race. And Alec Holland's swamp thing has been resurrected by Constantine to defend the humans. This is amazing, <laughs> and he's the reluctant hero yeah he's like why are you bothering me i'm done i i, I appreciate the very biblical ideas of let's have a resurrection to save us from the plague yeah <laughs> like this is just like one of those things where i'm glad i didn't know much about the premise because as because mm-hmm. you know you, you go like half the book before it even like cuts to the parliament's debate and what because up until that point there's nothing hinting at swamp thing or anything it's just the characters no it's just, but it, like, it, it the world. feel like a a environmental fable which oh sure it's yeah definitely it's very much in post, the swamp thing post climate change yeah right? yeah and that 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 would fit in you could almost see like well how is the swamp thing he has to you know weaponize you know yeah. to, to take out it's... bad actors i had no idea it was going to be like pizza a survival horror same i had no idea even when it got to the end and like after the the last couple of pages there's you know the advert for book two mm-hmm. mm. yeah. and it has the cover with old man constantine there yeah and I was like, oh, yeah, I do. I remember seeing that at the time when it was solicited. Uh, but obviously, I'd forgotten about it. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't, I, I wasn't expecting Constantine at any point in the issue. So when, when it got there and that was the reveal of who was in the lighthouse, it was actually, oh, that's cool. There was no point of me, well, even yeah. though I know I'd seen that cover, there was no point of once they mentioned, oh, there's an old guy in a lighthouse or, you know, someone in the lighthouse. I never put the pieces together in advance, which I'm kind of glad I didn't. Yeah, I think it's because one of the myths that the girl said is that like he gets food by shooting seagulls, and I, so yeah. I'd never thought Constantine because I was thinking oh, who is someone who would like shoot birds for food? Like who does that fit? And maybe it's just because that story's complete bullshit and that's not what he does at all. But I was no. trying to think of car- like maybe like Green Arrow, someone who would have like a good aim or something like that. I was trying to J- judging by the <laughs> sheer amount of cigarettes that he has next to him. Yeah, I- I'm assuming he gets deliveries of something somehow. Sure, well, magic probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, possibly, or he trades with the, you know, the the Other sea people, raiders. Oh, uh, maybe. Right? Yeah. Well, um, of of course it's Constantine. Right? It's Swamp Thing. They're so, you know, tied that let's say this is the last Swamp Thing story. Of course he's gonna have a part in it. Yeah, know? and obviously it's fun. You know, the Parliament's coming up with the red because obviously you know Lemire did mm-hmm. Animal Man and that, that was the, the whole yeah. the red and so the green. There was, was a thing, thing just before it came out where Lemire tweeted or something going and say, "Hey, if you enjoyed my Animal Man run." you might want to check out something. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. It makes sense, green and red. Yeah. I didn't expect it to be such an integral part in the way it is. No, I, I dig it. Uh, I I think I love, like, even before, because obviously it's really, like, you get this rush of excitement with Alec Hall and Swamp Thing coming back at the mm-hmm. end. 
Um, but like all that stuff in the middle with Evil Swamp. I mean, we probably have to have a different name for them, just the different, you know, Swamp Monster instead of Swamp Thing or something. But uh, like all that stuff with him killing everyone. I'm like, this is just a great horror book right now. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. just yeah. I'm having so much fun watching reading this. Which right, because those are the two two different aspects of Swamp Thing that you usually get right. There's the horror yeah. side, and then the kind of mythic side. And this somehow did both. Uh, yeah, it's, well. it's interesting because usually the the monster that Swamp Thing has to fight is you know either created from a different you know it's either yeah. rot with you know you know Anton Arcane or right. it'll be a monster that's been created in a lab or something. This is right. like no no no. This is his previous like like mm-hmm. you know creators have made a new version that's intentionally Which evil. It's so on brand for them, right? Because they are kind of neutral in that they're all about self preservation. Mm. And this this is how we've ended up in other stories with uh, Floronic Man as the mm-hmm. avatar of the green, you know, cause they're just looking out for themselves first. And so, uh, yeah, no. And of, of course when, when, you know, post climate change, they're looking out for them. Of course you're going to take out the humans. Um, it, everything tracks with the parliament. So, and especially with, with Holland's, you know, from what I've read from Swamp Thing, right. I've, I've basically only started with new 52. He always seems to be at odds with them. So him him popping up here to to be at odds with them again is pretty on brand. I think it's so, it's so great that like after feeling an absence of Swamp Thing for a few years that we're, we've had a great book. I mean, not quite an ongoing, but still, it'll be sixteen issues when mm-hmm. it's all said and done. And then you've got this that I feel like will be a great hardcover to like hand to someone and say, "Hey, this is a, this yeah. is a great Swamp Thing story." That, that's six, it's sixteen issues plus the two future stations as well. So it's like it's three full okay. trades of like that's a solid run. Yeah, I mean. Like mm-hmm. it's just interesting. We're getting some really good Swamp Thing stuff, and yeah, and, and again, and very different he, Swamp Thing takes. Even yeah. though both ne- neither of them betray the idea of the character, no. obviously both of them are using different Swamp Things, right. but they're both definitely Swamp Thing books. Yeah, and Pete, if if you were feeling a void, there was that Mark Russell one. I can't remember the name of off oh, the, top of my head. the digital one. That mm. was digital first that yeah. I read during the pandemic. That was, if if you're enjoying that those type of things it's less monster and more ecology fable um but yeah. it's it's really good too it's, so. just, it's just great that you know a couple of volumes of the the on go or the you know the the ram v book yes. and then and then this hardcover like I, mm-hmm. it's just nice that if someone's building a swamp thing collection you know they'll, they'll have the set of alan moore books they may have the new 52 two runs and then I feel like you've got okay, you've got another couple of important chapters in Swamp Thing to add to that that shelf now, which is nice. Because uh, there's definitely some characters who feel like they had their their time in one run, and then it's like nothing forever. <laughs> so it's nice that Swamp Thing is getting a bit of light on him. He's getting a prestigious book like this to with a nice like uh, just your know, focus on like no, it, it gets the the spotlight for a mini, which is nice. So. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, the art is gorgeous throughout. Like it's like absolutely, it's some of Mankey's best ever work. Like I think, especially in something like this, where Mankey he's not like trying to make like an ongoing monthly schedule, and it's just like he's had time to really put work into this. You can feel that that you can feel that extra time versus well, his art is always good. But I think when you compare it to like when he's doing a book that's hitting a monthly schedule, I think you can see the extra detail in this because oh, it's had the focus. Definitely, mm-hmm. and I don't know how much lead time he had on this if he's finished it all or not. Um, if not, we know for a fact DC are very willing to delay Black Label yeah. books yeah. because they know it's not like the monthly ones where the single issues are a good chunk of their actual audience, whereas this will, over its lifetime, sell infinitely better in, in the trades. Yes. Like, guaranteed. 
yeah. like almost all of the black label books and they know that so they're like you know this needs to be perfect for the book as opposed to and we'll we'll, we'll take the loss of sales that will get in delays if people drop it because it's, it takes too long to come out because it's it's only three issues they're banking on people will just it's on the poll they'll just get it anyway yeah and you know people will probably rebuy it in a nice format if they like it which... I, I know I, i'm already like yeah this is gonna be a nice hardcover yeah I'm, I'm gonna have on my shelf I've, I've already decided after one issue. Well, I mean, it's just a third of the story, I think. So, I mean, it, 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 is this a three or four issue? I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, but, but, I, but I don't know. Yeah. Either way, like, I know already. Like, I'm having a hardcover of this on the show. Well, yeah. you, but you're also a big Jeff Lemire guy, which I didn't realize your Twitter avatar was from um, Underwater Welder. It always looked to me like a video game controller, just from from scrolling. No, it's a little sketchy doing my copy. Right, and what wouldn't you pointed that out a couple weeks back? Might have been a couple months at this point. I was like, oh, I see it now. Um, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. I think it was when uh, Talking Superman was asking people yeah. what their favorite Lemire books were. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that it came up. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, of course it makes sense that you're going to want the Lemire. Yeah, and then it turns I, I will, out to be. I will say, while I good. very much enjoy Lemire as a writer, clearly, and mm-hmm. I, obviously I, I like this, uh, mm-hmm. as we just talked about. Uh, Ascender and obviously Green Arrow. By right. far, my favorite works of his are all the ones where he is drawing it as well. I think they are next right. level compared to these. These are like okay, these are great. These maybe are even like you know really mm-hmm. great. The ones that he draws as well are like completely uh, just on a completely different level where they're like almost perfect for some of those books. It's bad I've never read Sweet Tooth. Like you not should, even an issue. You, I think you'd like. I think you'd like your Sweet Tooth. I mean, no, I, know, I know. I just. I, I feel will, like my comic reads in question. I'll I'll give a slightly that. dissenting opinion in that I actually tend to prefer some of the art in these books that isn't him doing the art. Yeah. And it's not that I dislike his art, it's just not necessarily to as much my taste as when he's yeah. with you know, someone like, like a Doug Mankey, where it's like... Well, well, I actually do really like his art. It's not actually his art that is the appeal of those combinations, what I'm saying it, there. It's, it's, it's the soul... The, the type of book that he does yeah. when he's on his mm. own. Okay, um, okay. The Underworld Welders, Royal City, for example... To be fair, They're I haven't read these different. examples, so I mean, I, I, Sweet Tooth, have, Sweet Tooth's my main like. Yeah, they they have a completely different tone to them, a uh, different mood entirely that uh, that I just really enjoy. That, yeah, know, I, depressed you, and you, hopeless. You That's a yeah, but basically, <laughs> but, but but otherworldly as well. Like it has, it has a real yeah, otherworldly but, ethereal feel to a lot of his stuff. Yeah, but also Sorrentino and Green Lantern or Green Arrow is like, come on. It's a great book, and it's probably like my fourth or fifth favorite for me, I think. <laughs> I remember he had a Justice League book. It was the Justice League Canada. <laughs> I, I was so hyped. I was so hyped for that, and it kind of just went well, to nothing. Did, uh, like a lot of things in the New 52, the stuff yeah. that should have been good wasn't always, or even often. No, I remember. I just, I just had weird that, that weird... Wasn't it actually like, didn't, didn't it start as a JLA book? And then that was the one that had like the variant covers, which with like a state no, flag for each that one. Was, that was just League of America, and that was the government sponsored JLA team. But it kind of, from John but it kind of transformed because yeah. it became because it became just League United, which because it was going to be yeah. Canada, but it became United instead. Yeah, that's so that was that's what it was, book, right? No, those are two different ones. Because then, then Justice League Canada was supposed to launch on its own, and that's when we had Trinity War. The three of them were, were yeah, coming together, pretty, right? I, I'm pretty sure United replaced America, though, because I think th- okay. they didn't run concurrently. I, th- I think 
after right. Trinity War was it around then, it switched to United, but it relaunched as number no, one. No, I'm I'm confusing that one with um when Lemire was writing Justice League Dark because that was Johns uh, and him, yeah, working together, and that was the Trinity War was JLA yes. Justice League Justice League Dark, and then United came out post that. Yeah, yeah, but that you're right, Pete. I think right that it replaced. It just got rebranded. Yeah, because Justice League of America yeah. lasted like twelve or thirteen issues. It wasn't yeah. that long. Did they relaunch as a new number one? Because in my head, it was just it was the same book. They no, just yeah. no, they did relaunch as a number one. They did start okay. from number yeah. one, I think. Maybe that's why I'm mixing them up. But yeah, I just I just had a weird. I was like, oh yeah, I remember he did that. Because I think he did a cover for it. And while we're talking about his art, is that a flash? Mm, probably. Boy, that was a wild time. It was a. Mostly miserable time, if we're honest. <laughs> well, uh, and, and if you want to hear about it, isn't there a show? Oh, yeah. Not so New 52. David is... Uh, basically, David is like Superman in action right now. He's in like a set of chains, and he's just miserable, and he believes in a better tomorrow, but he's starting to doubt it. <laughs> I approve of the commitment to get through that much shit. Let's, <laughs> let's just say that if he isn't Superman Spot, he's definitely taking the axe and beheading that guy to be done with it. <laughs> <laughs> he's taking the axe to use it on himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's trying to prop up the axe on the cover Merci- to like, just swear Merci- himself. Merciful release. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what are you rating Swamp Thing Green Hell, Matt? Uh, 8.5. Connor? That's oh, a 9 for me. Yeah, 9... I'm almost tempted to go 9.5, but I'll, I'll, I'll reserve. I'll keep myself reserved and say the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, average on Carbit Roundup is 8.5 uh, from <laughs> 11 reviews. Um, notably, yeah, yeah n- notably, like only beat by DC versus Vampires, and interestingly, Flash 777, uh, the two higher books, mm-hmm. which. Uh, Flash especially yeah. surprises me, but obviously you weren't like amazingly harmful. Like, you liked it well enough. I like you didn't it. think it was book. anywhere near this. No, and no, that's no. the same way. We we all liked DC Vampires. Yeah, I don't think it's anywhere near this book. I think that's fair. That's the first statement. Yeah. Uh, Reviewers be wild. Interesting. Uh, the Human Target issue three, Tom King with Greg Smallwood. A lot of Guy Gardner in this issue. A lot of Booster Gold too. Uh... Okay, Just... okay, actually, I will say this book had like two or three amazing jokes. I, I, I found yep. myself laughing a lot in this. It's definitely the funniest that I've seen King write Booster because mm-hmm. he had a couple of zingers in this. It uh, helps when he's not trying to push an existential dread vibe with Booster because <laughs> the last the last two times we've seen him write Booster was in Batman and in the title that we won't name. Uh, and it was just like this existential dread yeah, that he's in denial. So there's a few it. jokes in this. There's, there's one with Guy that I really like. Well, it's not Guy specifically, it's just more chance. Right. But so, moment in this where uh, Chance tricks Guy, who's made like a, a Green Lantern car to drive in, mm-hmm. he tricks him into like getting crashed into by this big truck. Yep. And in his narration, he says, well, the, the ring will protect the driver of the truck and probably Guy too. But then again, <laughs> it, it is forced to be with them every day. So so who knows? <laughs> um, yep. That really made me laugh. And then the two Booster moments that really made me laugh is Booster's opening his new bagel shop and he's, he's going to cut the ribbon and skates his, like, use scissors. And Booster's like, no, I've got a laser. And he's like, you're going to break something? No, I'm not. And he shoots the laser into the ribbon. It smashes the window. And Booster justifies it afterwards by saying, Come on, Skeets. The same thing would have happened if I'd used scissors. And Skeets just goes, I know. 
<laughs> that made me laugh so much. I, I know when this got teased, it's like this is not the Justice League International book because mm-hmm. it is Human Target, but it kind of low key is a Justice League International book, and in that it definitely it, respects that as a as a thing. Yeah, and between this and that issue of Miracle, uh, Mister Miracle, where we had the blue and the yellow and the green and the gold, mm-hmm. the whole thing when he goes out drinking with with Booster and Ted. I wanted Tom King, like Justice League International, just to see what he would do, because his his characterization of Guy Gardner here, who we all know I love Guy Gardner, right? I did not like Guy Gardner in this, and I feel like I got oh, he's worked. A, he's a complete prick right? who is obsessive about how he treats Ace. Like he keeps showing up to like defend Ace when he's just a jealous ex boyfriend, effectively. Right, but he also keeps calling her a four letter word. He does, which yeah. I'm gonna. Is is I'm gonna assume is the worst thing you can call somebody. Well, right? I, I don't know if it is. It may just be a case of it's, it's, it's just saying bitch. Okay. But it's like okay. Either way, I mean that's. I mean, don't get me wrong. The idea that guy, the idea that guy Gardner is just casually referring to a woman with a C bomb like throughout yeah. this issue is kind of insanely like dark. Can I throw well, in the T T T word as well that would also fit for four letters yeah. and be also very bad to use for women. Oh, sure. Right. Yeah. Right, and so. He's using a four-letter word to, right? But he's also talking about how much he still loves her. But also at the same time, he's talking to Chance about be careful, she's manipulative, yeah. and you can't trust her. I, I, and I, it just gave me these vibes like he's an abusive a-hole. Yeah. I just assumed it was bitch, but it was just the, the symbols weren't one-to-one like the four letters. That's just what I assumed. Either way, the the intent's yeah. there that it's supposed to be shocking. Yeah, but, I mean, def- yeah, def- definitely how you felt, but the yeah. character still came through with that. Yeah, right. So, and then at the same time, I felt like Booster's characterization is this is the Booster that I love, mm-hmm. right? Is just the guy that can't get out of his own way, even when he tries. And Skeets is there trying to to correct him. Well, but, yeah, what's interesting about it is uh, like Chance even comments that yeah, Booster makes a lot of mistakes, but he doesn't hide them. He kind of like wears mm-hmm. them on his sleeve, so it makes him a bit more likable. Uh, actually, mm-hmm. the other thing that really made me laugh is that when so so the, the plot of this issue, other than guy interfering constantly, is that Ace takes uh, Christopher to meet Booster, and they sit there and have a chat. And so there's a moment where he sits there, and says, "So you're Christopher Chance, the human target," and he, he, he they talk for a bit, and then Booster's like, "I don't really trust you, human target, if that's your real name." And Skeets goes, "His real name is Christopher Chance. You already know this." <laughs> <laughs> so perfect like, like the comedy here was and I, like i i wouldn't say i'm a, i'm specifically a booster fan but i was loving the booster stuff in this but, issue but you know how much of a buffoon he is right so that that's understood and for him to go yeah that's what he would want me to think and skeet's just interjecting he's like no that's who he is you know this yeah it's not he's not deceiving you yeah so yeah. so guy like basically shows up in the middle of the night uh and there's a bit of an interaction when Christopher wakes up in the morning, like, you know, Ace is there and, like, she's there to help him. And the narration continues this idea that, you know, he he's obviously falling for her. He wants to trust her, but he doesn't know for sure that he, she's not the killer. And there's some great moments in there. There's a moment after the, the actually, the, the Green Lantern cars crashed where she's mm-hmm. looking back and he's still driving. And just, I thought the art, the art in that panel, like, the mm-hmm. faces is just exceptional the shading because i'm gonna get out of the way the art here is just fantastic because for all of those great moments like that there are these smaller understate understated moments mm-hmm. that happen between the panels right just like of, of of booster picking up a bagel right 
Like, it's just uh, a small moment. There's no pre-toasted bagels at Booster's Bagels. No, there are pre-toasted, but that's not a thing, except at Booster's, is, is the whole at Booster's Bagels. No, no, right? no, 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 that's not the joke. The joke is, is he's using it as a selling point that there's no pre-toast right. in here, and then Skates yeah. is like, there's no such thing as pre-toasted. Right. It's, it's not a selling point. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely that's not right. a thing at Booster's Bagels. Right. But yeah, so there's these little things that are going on there that are just fantastic. That Smallwood's so good. Oh, like, yeah, it's, it's it's wonderful stuff. When they leave after the meeting, like Guy has already, uh, like he's he's destroyed his car because obviously he technically destroyed his car, um, and basically Ice like fires up her powers and is ready to take him on and mm-hmm. like you know takes on Guy properly, and. Like basically, Chris Christopher's like attracted to her even more because of how much power it takes to like you know break through a Green Lantern's power, and she does with hers. Yeah, and it's not just the power though; it's how much sway she still has over Guy. Yeah, right. You know, it's like deep down, Guy knows that Ice can't really break through because it is the Green Lantern ring, but she can cause that dip in his will that can get through. Yeah, and it honestly, just makes her feel more dangerous to me. Yeah, and that's the thing. They they go for dinner, uh, which they, it cuts over, and then it's like him driving her home. And his narration, he's like, "Whatever you do, don't get out of the car. Do not get out of the car." And she even says, "Hey, do you want to come in?" I can make because they're talking about talking to Ted because it's like, okay, we've talked to Booster. He seems to not be the killer, but like you know, he's got this secret ingredient for the water. Maybe that's tied to Ted. <laughs> so they're going to talk to Ted next, right? We're going to set that up for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, if do you want to come in? Because you know, I can talk to Ted on the phone and maybe see how his initial reaction is like. And he, he does refuse. He, he politely refuses. And she's he's, in his narration, he's like, okay, good. Right, I've done the thing. And then immediately he opens the car door and says, let me walk you to the door, though. And, ah, and, and, the, and the narration box is just, you know, like an F-bomb, like a censored. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is so good how we're inside his head and, like, him fighting against himself and giving into yep. it. And, like, even she teases him a little bit when she's, like, closing the door. It's like, oh, you know, I've also oh, I've, I've overcame your expectations. Well, it's a shame you're not coming in to see what other expectations I meet or, you know, exceed and it's just this moment where she's closing the door and the 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 the, the line of light of the door closing is on his face it's perfect and it's like is she being really nice to him is she a femme fatale uh, you know like what right. is this right. it's, it's playing it perfectly and i know the last issue really played up on her how you know overmaster and and luther did mm-hmm. her dirty by her dying and whatnot so her being this invested shouldn't be as a surprise, but it feels like a game, right? Yeah. That she's she's leading him along for whatever reason, and um, just like the line that that she says, "Like, wow, you you sure drink a lot, right?" Like, so she's noticing things about him too, as much as he's noticing things about her, uh, and just yeah, it's a dynamic that is really really. Really well handled. Yeah, and then, and then, Guy shows up again just to harass him some more for continually talking to, quote unquote, his girl, and mm-hmm. and that's what he's actually throughout the whole issue. So again, Guy's a complete prick. And then Hal Jordan shows up seemingly, and says, "Hey, you know the rules. Like you, you agreed to give me your ring or lose it forever if you act out of line." And Guy does, and then it's revealed that this actually isn't Hal. This is nope. actually his friend who's wearing Luigi. one of his yeah Luigi who's wearing one of his fancy you know face masks that you know his yep. human target he has, mm-hmm. and it turns out that they have they've borrowed a Legion ring so that's how Hal flies in because he doesn't he doesn't have a real Green Lantern ring, but he flies in borrowed, using, 
he <laughs> chance swiped it from booster borrowed he um, borrowed the legion ring uh yeah and then he, we got to get this back to booster before he goes and tries to fly <laughs> that light killed me too yeah uh so so then christopher after a guy gives up his ring knocks out guy uh with a punch uh, which is when all this is revealed, and then he's like, I don't care what you do with the Green Lantern ring you just got from Guy. <laughs> just do what you want with it. <laughs> so that's the end of the issue. So, uh, I, I, lo- I mean, obviously Guy being tricked here at the end, which, and this is the thing, even, you know, I joke about not liking Guy, I think yeah. in this issue on its own merits, he's earned being tricked and punched at the end because he's oh, been such a dick. 100%. I don't, I, I do like Guy, and I hated him in this issue, and that, that's just the strength of the writing. Uh, from King here mm. to make him that unlikable. And but not again, in a way. Just to throw in, I like yeah. Guy, and he always deserves being punched in the yeah. face. But yeah, you're saying you're saying that it makes him unlikable, but not in a way that it feels like he's betraying the character. Just in no. the sense that you know he's he's just he's a bit too guy for even you in this issue. Yeah, and just like again, he came off as as even just slightly abusive, um, which have, which have again gels with his character. KLI? I'm sure Matt's read something. Not in a very long time. Oh, that's very much the portrayal guy has in that book. Yes, yeah. you know, okay. early days guy. He is very much that. Dude. So, so you're saying that King, like, is that you know, he's definitely familiar with this material. Oh, he's not just pulling as this well out as of his using ass. those characters. He's clearly using yeah. the characterization of the characters right. from that book. Is... Well, that's that's good. That's cool. Right. Uh, that makes me want to go back and read that. It's always been on my to do list, but it makes me want to read it more now. It's my favorite Justice League. One. Um, yeah. Uh, Yes, because you're not counting GSA. So yes, I I accept that's that. That's not Justice League. Bro. I know, but that's what, you know what I mean. Like you could, you you could say ah, it's similar enough. You know, it's another Justice team of characters. They have different acronyms. <laughs> <laughs> they're not they're not remotely the same. Well, GLI's got a different acronym from G, uh, GLA. But the JL is still the Justice League. Ah, uh, now we're or splitting hairs. Society. So now, that's now, what Matt. Now we're splitting hairs here. You see. I liked when Robinson wrote the Justice League, and it wasn't even the Justice League. It was just a handful of random-ass heroes. And that was probably my favorite era. Thank for you for that. For a second, I thought that. you said Williamson. I thought you were on no. like Justice League Incarnate. And I was like, <laughs> no. I mean, that technically works the way I described that book. Yeah, no, no, no. Mm. Robinson. Yeah. Um, he, had, he had Nightwing. He had Dr. Troy. Kong Gorilla. Um, I think Arsenal. I've never read that, but it sounds like a blast of a justice. It book. was completely wild and didn't last nearly as long as it should because Cry for Justice kind of uproots all of that. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but our Human Target issue three, very good. Like, I think it was extremely entertaining. Like, I was laughing constantly, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which is a, a credit to it. And it kind of like, okay, it gave us obviously some interaction with Guy and Booster. So that's kind of those two crossed off for now mm-hmm. and when i say crossed off i just mean crossed off in the sense that we're clearly going through the rest of them but ace is going to be yep. a constant factor ace is going to be here yeah for each so issue. we still have the the um russian red right mm-hmm. we have Ted's fire next, obviously yeah um who else martian manhunter at some point yeah yeah i'm trying to think who else is on that team and martian, Black Canary. martian Manhunter is a, f- a fun one to interact with because christopher chancy's whole thing is that he wears other people's faces and martian manhunter right. can literally That's just do that so right right interesting to see if to play with that in any way mm-hmm. so we yeah and then i do like that each issue is a day right yeah of of him trying to survive and if you look at the back cover because i pick up this up um, physically there's a calendar 
and each day there's a day yeah, I, off. actually one of his narration points because when he gets like knocked out by guy at the start mm-hmm. and he wakes up when they're driving to the restaurant before guy shows up again his narration he's talking about how he actually is kind of like thankful for this pain that he's got from being hit because it's masking the pain of the poison that's been creeping. Yep. So it's like it's like a diff- it's just, he's just happy for it to be something different, even if it's still unpleasant. Right. Uh, yeah, he, he compares it to the rhythm of the the poison, mm. and just all from from getting the crap kicked out of him by guy. It's it's a different pain, but it's welcome. And you're just like, damn. Yeah. So yeah, uh, neat stuff. Uh, but it, the book's obviously been very good so far, and the art's been exceptional. Uh, it's again much like other the other Tom King books. It's got its own voice, though. It doesn't just feel like it's mm-hmm. a repeat of you know Mister Miracle or Rorschach. It feels like it's just doing its own thing, um, but still distinctly with a Tom King voice in there, which is impressive. It's impressive that it's so different from those, but it still feels it from the same person. So, yeah, take that, take that for what you will, uh, Matt. What are you giving the Human Target issue three? Nine point five. Ho, 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 straight up there. Uh, I'll, I'll just go with a straight nine. Uh, I'll be a little reserved. Uh, average on Copic Roundup is 8.1 based on seven reviews. So clearly that's not getting reviewed as many places already. Like that's a bit more niche because it's not one of the mainstream books, but that's okay. But hey, uh, so there you go. Uh, that's Human Target, uh, which just leaves uh, Connor with a Patreon book. Every month on patreon.com slash TV. In one of the higher tiers, you can make myself or Connor read a book. Um, and uh, Connor's going to read Harley Quinn issue 10. Or he has read Harley Quinn issue 10, and he's going to talk about it uh, now. I'm going to do that. And I am not entirely miserable, because it's not Ross Melvin Oh no, I don't approve of this at all. <laughs> that was such a nice surprise when I opened it up. Uh, it's it? actually Laura Braga. Oh, okay, all right. Oh. I quite like it. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like my favorite artist. If I recall, it was Braga who did a lot of the um, the main Batman book issues in Future State that we were all a little bit down on because because the first issue was uh, phenomenal. Um, I'm playing blank on. I can't remember who now. it was now, but yeah, it was. It, was really that first it, it wasn't that the rest of the, the issues were bad. It was just that it was like, oh, this is a, a step down, and we were disappointed. This is the complete opposite. This is, I've gone from Rosmo to Braga, and it's like, this is the best art I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> uh, so, I will say, though, still don't like this book. <laughs> um, I'm actually quite annoyed at what this book does by the end. So, most of this book is, uh, or this issue is Harley and Ivy getting back together. Now that Ivy is back and she's all one person after Fear State, you know, she's been put back together. Uh, it's basically them kind of, so, the, you know, they're all together and Ivy's kind of catching up on what Harley's been doing now that she's a, a card-carrying Bat family member. And they go into some art museum to meet Kevin and Kevin's girlfriend. And it turns out Ivy just wanted to go so she could pull off a heist and swipe some diamonds. <laughs> so, I don't usually pay attention to when you talk about Harley Quinn. And every so often I say Kevin. You, you say Kevin, Kevin. I'm like, who the f is Kevin? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a fair question. <laughs> Kevin is Harley's Robin. Oh, that explains it. Purposes. Yeah, that explains it. Okay. Yeah. So you mean her human shield? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. yeah. Basically. Uh, but Ivy just wants to pull off a heist and steal some fancy diamond. And 
Harley's like, no, we can't do that. You know, I've gone straight. We, you know, we're not stealing. And some security guards come in and Ivy attacks them. And Harley tries to stop her and gets caught by one of Ivy's vines. And Ivy obviously feels terrible. And, you know, that's a whole big thing. But it, it basically comes down to the fact that, you know, Harley's like, well, you know, I never really asked you if, I, if you know, how you felt about me doing this and, you know. And they kind of break up. They do and they don't. And I'm really annoyed at DC because we literally just got, okay, Harley and Ivy are back together and we're doing this. And then the end of the, this issue is, hey, Ivy, you should go off on your own and find yourself like I did. Bye. I don't like that. Yeah, I hate it. I'm like, <laughs> not just have one goddamn book with the pair of them together. We have one issue. That's all that we got given by DC. This this editorial mandate to keep them apart that has been going on for years at this point is absolutely infuriating. Yeah. Just, it's fine. You, you can have them just be a couple and they're, they're together and it's... Like, even here, like, the, the last panel is them kissing, so it's not like they're, they're denying that they're an item. It's just... Because there was for a long time, it was a whole big... Like, they were clearly acting like a couple, but they never showed any physical affection because DC obviously had a mandate that they weren't allowed. Obviously, that mandate has been repealed, but they, they still can't just be a couple. We've got to do this whole thing, and... Oh, God damn it. I hate it. I hate it so much. Just why? We just spent time... The last, like, four issues of this book, all, you know, all the stuff in Fear State that were to do with Ivy, getting Ivy back to a place where we could just have this and be normal. And no, no, we're not doing it. DC has just gone, no, screw you. I hate it. And I don't really blame Stephanie Phillips. I'm, I'm assuming this isn't her fault. I'm assuming this wasn't her choice. I'm assuming this was an editorial mandate. But screw that. I hate, I hate it. And I hate this issue for that. That's been the, the bulk of this issue. There's, there's a subplot with Hugo Strange shoots. Um, I'm completely forgetting his uh, keepsake. Uh, but he's. Keep saying he's he's down in the river. He's been shot, but some someone saves him. You just see some red gloves, and then keepsakes back later in the issue, and he, he threatens Kevin basically later in the issue, and that's about all there is. Most of this issue is the Harley and Ivy stuff, and I don't hate most of the content of the issue. I like the ideas of okay. Harley's moved on with her life without Ivy and kind of changed as a person, and Ivy doesn't realize that and is kind of fallen behind and is still kind of semi-villain. <laughs> but I want to deal with that stuff, in theory, in this book, not just not deal with it at all and send Ivy away to... God knows what. Yeah, I hate that. That's um, <laughs> so infuriating. I'm going to give it a six overall, because... It's still objectively significantly better than most of the issues because most of this issue is still Harley and Ivy and that stuff's pretty solid. And the art is good. But, yeah, I just really hate the end point of the issue. Mm. Obviously, this, uh, you know, average rating on Comic Round, it wouldn't usually apply to Patreon issues, but this just happens to be a new issue that came out this week. So, <laughs> you can have Same as well. Yeah, 8.3 based on seven reviews. Oh, yeah. Far too high, for the sounds of it. Honestly, I think if it wasn't for what this issue actually did with their relationship, I would be probably giving this a 7 or a 7.5. Like, it's it's not a bad issue. I just really, really hate what it does uh, overall. So, uh, yeah. Okay, okay. 
interesting stuff. Um, but there you go. That's uh, the last book. Uh, which will take us out of the part of the show where we pick our favourite panel slash moment of the week, favourite art, favourite cover, and do our top five books. And uh, that's what we're going to do. So uh, I'll start off with Matt, your favourite panel slash moment of the week. Um, so I could pull from, uh, let's see, Human basically Target. A, basically every book except Deathstroke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or action comics. But the one that gave me such a smile is is from Robin. Um, and it's when he, he tuts Mother okay, Soul. Okay, all right. Yeah, just like, it's not as important as anything in action, you know, or anything like, you know, understated like in Human Target or as cool as the monster in Swamp Thing. But as a moment, it just, I really loved it. All right, Connor. It's funny because I'd already decided that that was, a, that was my exact panel of the week. I, I knew that as I was reading because that was that was the second to last book I read. I well, uh-huh. not kind Harley. The only book I read after that was Deathstroke, and I, I I'd, have all, I'd have been very surprised if there was ever going to be anything in Deathstroke that right. you know. That. But as I was reading Robin, I, I turned to that. I laughed. I was like, "That's my panel." I knew yeah. immediately. Joe, you know, what's so funny is that you two have synced up, and I don't like it. I I, I actually think this is such a hard week to pick. But not because it's like some weeks where there's nothing sticks out. There's too many good moments in like mm-hmm. four or five books yeah. this week no, that it's really it tough. A lot, there are a lot of other books that, yeah, I could have picked things Swamp Thing easily, Action, right. Detective, yeah. like, all of the these vampires. books. Yeah, I, I think vampire, yeah. Detective, Action, uh, Swamp Thing, Human Target, just off the top of my head, those four all have things in them I could easily take mm-hmm. uh, as, as my panel slash moment of the week. Um, I think... I think I I kind of want to go with action for the, the the meaning and the hope and the idea of like Superman's determination, but yeah. I think I have to go with the first two page spread from Swamp Thing, which is the reveal of the monster, uh, for the first time, because you've got those wider pages in that book. It's the Prestige Plus format, so it's already a wider page compared to normal. So when you go two page spread, it feels huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to feel like the art's so good. I think I have to go with that, but like I'm spoiled for choice this week, to be honest. Uh, so it's a good week, great week, yeah, good, good week to finish off the year on. So, uh, best cover of the week. Uh, I'll jump in because with cars that a Patreon book, I always have time to <laughs> look at them. Yeah, I love them all. You do, and you can do it. So, uh, obviously, Matina cover for vampires is is pretty nifty for the obvious Standard reasons. Matina fair, right? Yeah, yeah, Matina. I think the regular cover for Detective is 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 nice enough, uh, but the two that really stick out to me are the regular covers for Swamp Thing and Human Target, and I think I'm going to have to go with the fun of Human Target, which is a little bit of a character. Usually, I'll go for the moodier one, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Uh, Booster Gold picking up a bagel with Human Target sort of dangling from the bagel hole <laughs> is just really funny. <laughs> so, and I, I like the sort of the pulpy, like just solid colors of that cover. It really fits the. Yeah the vibe uh and there's an art germ cover for that one with ice which is you know, it looks like art germ so it's nifty looking but mm-hmm. that's very taste dependent i preferred of those two covers i think personally i prefer the regular one art germs a little bit hit and miss because sometimes it can be a little too digital looking but yep. it, it just kind of depends on the cover uh connor what's your cover of the week yeah you mentioned a lot of good covers um i think the, there's a there's a nice uh derek chu variant for harley They're probably a bit anime for your tastes mm-hmm. um I like the Conan-esque variant for action. 
Uh, a surprising one is the uh, the variant for Task Force Z, with the man back coming out of the morgue. But I'm actually going to pick Swamp Things variant, the uh, the is, Christian Ward one. Is that the one with the Swamp Things at the island? Yeah, where you the head sticking yeah. out and you got all the the bones underneath. Um, all the covers for that are great. Obviously, you've got the the main cover, which I assume is Mankey. Yeah, uh, you've got a Franca Villa on 25 variant, which is, it's Frank Villa, it's great. But I decided to go with the, the Ward one, because it just, I really like the, the colours on it. Okay, cool, cool, Matt. I'm going to go with the action variant. It seems to me like a, almost like a propaganda poster vibe of, of you know, Superman, uh, all war worlded out. Yeah, the, the Conan-esque one, right? Yeah, it looks cool. It does look cool. Yeah. Um, so top art of the week. Uh, Car can go first for this one. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I think it comes down to either Mora for Detective or Mankey on Swamp Thing. I'm probably going to give it to Swamp Thing. It's a bit flashier. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mora's turned in great work all year on that book. Well, most of the year when he's done mm-hmm. issues. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to Swamp Thing. Uh, Matt? Um, I'm gonna human target, like Smallwood. Yeah, that's yeah, Smallwood. I mean, yeah. I we, we discussed read. our issues on on vampires. It was almost there, and then Mora. I think Tech was maybe the next best option. Yeah, Tech Tech is great, but like I think for me, it's like Swamp Thing and Human Target are mm-hmm. are, are going blow for blow, and they're they're very different, which makes it really hard to like compare them. Mm-hmm. I think Human Target has like all these small moments. It has this sort of more pastel colors. It has these expressive moments in the eyes and like contemplation, which is really impressive when you can pull that off. But then Swamp Thing has all these like like very detailed faces. It has the monsters. It has the horror. It has the spectacle. So it makes it really hard. Mm-hmm. So I think naturally I'm leaning towards Swamp Thing because it's the new thing this week, and I've had Human Target for a bit already. So I think I just lean towards that because it's the new exciting one. But I mean, there's not really much in it because they're both exceptionally mm-hmm. good at what they're doing. So uh, there you go. And yeah, Detective would probably be third on the list for me uh, at the week, which is, you know. It, it's it sounded like, like Detective is my second choice because I didn't read Human Target. And mm-hmm. even without reading it, I'm willing to assume Smallwood's art is because I've, I've seen Smallwood's art. I've seen Smallwood's art on this book. I know how good it is. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm willing to accept that. Yeah, that probably would be fine for Swamp Thing for me as well. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Top five books. Matt, take it away. Uh, one, Human Target. Two, Action Comics. Three, Swamp Thing. Four. Oh, that's where it gets tough. Um, let's go four, Tech, five, Vampires. Okay. Connor? Swamp Thing. Action. Robin, Tech, what am I missing? Vampires. <laughs> yeah, 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 that, that, that seems fine. This is a tough week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a tough week for picking number one. I think I had like, yeah. Uh, so I brought the Swamp Thing number one, Human Target two, Action Comics three, and then... Detective Comics 4, and then number 5, probably... Vampires? Yeah. I'm just making sure I'm not missing anything obvious that I'm just glossing over you. Okay. 
yeah, there you go. So there you go. I will tell you then what is coming next week, the first week of books of 2022. What is on the docket? We have Batman 119, Detective Comics 1047. So that's the start of the, the 12 issue Don't weekly uh, thing. What? Well, honestly, I'm going to be. I'm pumped to be excited for that every week. To be honest. Uh, we have Dark Knights of Steel issue 3, we have Superman Son of Kal-El issue 6, Suicide Squad issue 11, Justice League Incarnate issue 3, Arkham City The Order of the World issue 4, Joker Presents a Puzzle Box issue 6, Justice League Infinity issue 7, Crushing Lobo issue 8, One Star Squadron issue 2, DC Horror Presents Soul Plumber issue 4, and World of Krypton issue 2. Uh, there's a really nice tight, like, six books of Skiver Take that I'm looking forward to next week. Yeah, you got the start of the tower and then batman yeah got two tom taylor books yep uh and arkham city arkham city and then just like incarnate well, that's that's like my yep. my lord and then of course look forward to my animal man patreon review next week as well which will be uh on that show so no exciting stuff um just before we go um i just i'm going to give people the option to tune out here uh you know I'll trust you know my, my promotion that I usually do at the end and I'll just uh, leave it with, with you. Uh, but there's, there's a, a small rumour about the movies that I, I, I wanted to throw in here at the end. Uh, but given that, I mean, it doesn't really spoil much about the Flash movie, but it just kind of like what it's going to do to the movie universe. So if you want to not know what the rumour is, you have the option of opting out at this do point. Do I have an option? Uh, no. I've not heard this rumour. <laughs> Uh, and I'd rather not. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Connor. Um, a good portion of the internet is not happy about this rumor. I think you will be positive on it. Go on then. <laughs> so appar- apparently, <laughs> apparently, by the end of the Flash, it wipes out all the Snyder movies out of continuity. See, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was expecting that anyway, because, and I don't think it's going to be like of continuity it'll be in the sense of well flashpoint they're doing that i i don't think there's going to be a shared continuity after i think they're just going to set up basically Uh, well there's some more to the rumor that i'm not telling you that maybe doesn't suggest that part but uh but it it, it sounds like cavill and affleck will just be gone like that's just them no well one of those (laughs) one of those (laughs) Uh, Uh, to be fair I wouldn't mind, but I mean, obviously Affleck doesn't want to anyway, but I wouldn't have minded him coming back to be Batman. Mm. No. Affleck was never the problem. Yeah. No. Um, but it, it sounds like, you know, Godot will still be around probably. Um, but it specifically mentions something at the ending sets up, which I won't say because it is maybe a bit too spoilery, but um, it, I mean, obviously the Snyder fans are not happy about this. Uh, are they shocking. For, for numerous reasons. They got they got the Snyder cut release and they were still unhappy. That, yeah, but we knew that, that wasn't that Warner tried read... to sabotage it by leaking it with a Scooby Doo movie by mistake. But but here's the thing, didn't you ever read the when Tom you give Jerry. a mouse a cookie? Tom and Jerry, um, whatever. But didn't you ever read when you give a mouse a cookie? That's why you don't negotiate with terrorists, right? <laughs> there's, there's no stopping because now oh well that worked. Well now <laughs> now we want him to. To completely reform. We don't like uh, James Gunn's Suicide Squad. So, and it was like, well, that's everything that you guys like, seem to like, but it was bright and not dark and gritty. It was shot by someone that likes film. 
So somehow, so, somehow you just compared to group people to both a mouse and a terrorist in the same sentence. That, that's what I'm just happened. I'm not, com- I'm not saying they're terrorists, but I'm also not, not saying they're not problematic. <laughs> there was too many knots in that sentence. I had a hard time following where we were by the end of it. I'm, I'm just going to assume that I know what <laughs> that meant, whether or not that actually tracks with what he said or not. <laughs> um... Yeah, I just I, I thought it was worth throwing in here a little bit at the end, just because, especially since we all have a hard uh, stance against the Snyder movies. Yeah. So. Only because they're shit. Because like, yeah. they're shit. Yeah, I mean that's the, that's yeah, the reason. Yeah. And they're, they're not good representations of the heroes that we talk about on a weekly basis. No, no, and, by and large. And, I, and I will keep fighting with. You know, I don't yeah, care I mean, if that's how Superman would act in the real world. I don't read Superman because I want to see the real world. I want to see something aspirational. I've said for years. And I stand by Man of Steel isn't a terrible movie. It's a no, perfectly it's fine movie. It's just a terrible Superman movie. Exactly. There's a difference. Right. Right. <laughs> Batman v Superman is a bad movie. Yes. yes. No, Batman v Superman is actually I, garbage. I will say, I can't speak for the extended cut because I'd never watched it, but the theatrical cut, the one they released to the cinemas, is just objectively bad as a movie. I actually did see the extended cut before the Snyder cut as a part of a stream thing, and... I'll be honest. I could even I didn't even notice what the differences were. <laughs> well, I had it, uh, from what I'm aware of, it has establishing shots. N- nothing made me less angry in the movie, though. So, like, which I, I will say, if it is true though that it has establishing shots, it is objectively better than the theatrical cut. Oh, great! It's, it's a three point five instead of a three. Happy days. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Sound the trumpets. Yeah. Uh, Not in any way saying it makes it good. Just objectively yes. better. Yes. Now it's worth mentioning. This is all p- pure rumor. Like there's, the, the source of this is a little unverified. When's this movie even coming out? Is that meant to be this year? It's twenty twenty two. Yeah. Huh. DC have like four movies scheduled for this year. That are, they're, they're all being shot or finished. And like you've got Flash, right. Black Adam, Shazam two, and Batman. And Batman, obviously, yeah. Which is the, the one that looks good. First. Yeah. I know there's been a trailer this week that I I didn't watch. I have no plans on watching either. it. I watched the. I mean, I'll watch the movie probably. Yeah, Although, I don't yeah. need another trailer. The tra- the trailer does maybe show a little too much. Uh, yeah. So I I, w- yeah. I wouldn't say not to. I, that, that's I, I don't they're... know if I'll watch Batman straight away because I still haven't been to a cinema, and I don't know if I'm going to anytime soon. Uh, well, I'll say there, there were some rumors that came out about the Batman, and if those rumors turn out to be true, I'm going to be very irritated. Yes, I saw those rumors. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, d- yeah. I didn't see these rumors. <laughs> those other rumors. Oh, oh, there are rumors about a certain character may or may not be in this movie. And there, there may or may not apparently be two different cuts of the movie that yep. feature or don't feature said character. Depending on well, which one the test audience is responding yep. to. There's only one character I can think of immediately that would upset Matt by being in a Batman movie. <laughs> so I feel like I can make an educated guess. I wouldn't say it though. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it. But... Yeah. Uh, I've got an educated And it's guess. frustrating because the actor reported to play this character is in the uh, is in is in the theatrical cut as it stands. So I don't want to get bait and switched. That's all. Okay. Well, I trust in Matt Reeves uh, if he makes some sort mm-hmm. of silly decision. Well, maybe not even his decision, maybe Warner Brothers' right. decision. But... The character I'm talking about is Caesar from Planet of the Apes, right? <laughs> Crossover to Planet of the Bats. Planet eight, of the yeah. Batmen. Eight together strong. <laughs> I think you just described uh, Death Metal. Probably a little bit. 
No, but yeah. this is like if you like part of the episode, it's like Bat does not kill Bat, which actually tracks yeah. with Batman a lot better than it does. Death Metal does. That's why Jason's still around. Uh, <laughs> all right. The only reason. Uh, that's pretty much it for the show, though. Hopefully, you had fun with this uh, final st- slash st- start of the new year. Uh, the mm-hmm. annual episode uh, discussing the best and us debating the top ten of the year uh, will be out midweek. So look forward to that. We already recorded it. Um, I did forget to have like a voting form for people to vote for the like your guys winners. Uh, that will still happen, and we'll just do the results on like an episode later in January. So look for the form along with that episode, uh, and we'll probably like, promote it for a couple of weeks uh, to give people a chance to send in their votes, and and uh, we'll we'll give you results towards the end of the month. I imagine. Do you know when that annual episode's going up? Uh, yeah, midweek. Okay. I, I started this by saying. <laughs> I, I I didn't know if you had a more specific like uh, yeah, prob- day. Yeah, Wednesday. It's probably Wednesday. There you go. Which is why I thought midweek was like a nice. It's just vague enough. Expectation. That, that, that now people can can go Wednesday. Okay, okay fine, Wednesday. Uh, but yeah, so go have a uh, look forward to that, and uh, of course you can support us uh, by liking, subscribing, ding the bell, all that stuff, and of course financially over at Patreon.com slash TV for as little as a dollar per month. Uh, the higher tiers, of course, get you various things. $5 and up gets your early access to the show by a day. And of course, our producers at $20 and up, I will thank them right now. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Bordnow, Christopher Moy, and David Brown. Uh, thank you to all uh, for being producers. And uh, yes, and also, once again, Happy New Year, everyone, because it is, you know, this, yeah. ep- this episode has been recorded on New Year's Day and going out on the 2nd publicly. So, uh is a nice bright start to the year and many big DC things coming, I'm assuming, in the year, which we will cover. Assuming or hoping. And we'll talk about and laughs will be had. We'll be hitting episode 300 this year. Um, Is that going to be around March, April? Something like that, yeah. Uh, I mean, we started the show in May, so every year, like every time we hit 100, it's a little bit earlier because obviously there's slightly over 50 episodes yeah. a year so i don't know what episode we're on now i can't remember what's this one 286 so yeah march ish maybe april connor's doing april math. april okay early april early april so pencil it in 300 episodes oh my uh, what 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 top ten will I somehow conjure up for that one? I don't know. I'm but... working that week. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes. Uh, so do all that. Uh, let us know what you think of the books and stuff on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast. Um, uh, but otherwise, that's pretty much us. That's the show. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics, and just remember. Well, I remember what my outro line is for this show and not one of the other shows. This is nearly 300 episodes. <laughs> yeah. I, I very nearly said Computer Ad Salsa, which is my last line on the ace. Uh, but yes, remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. What kind of salsa are we talking about?